Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You got the touch. This is Stan Bush, and you're listening to the you Geekcast the Radio Network's Top 100. Transformers characters countdown. Diecast construction. It's a lost art. You're right, boss bot. It is a lost art. Welcome to a very special episode of the All Things Transformers brand here at the Geekcast Radio Network. Whether it's the TFG1 podcast, the Beast Unleashed podcast, or getting tapped we are now in the prime time with the top 100 transformers characters countdown i am one of your cybertronian hosts tfg and mike joining me as always is that rubber ducky loving steve megatron hello no from the planet of junk because he didn't want to be from char last time we have optimus solo much better <laughs> much better they talk tv that's right <laughs> And our special guest is someone who's hailing from both the once great city of Nyon and the jungle planet of Eucharist. It's that YouTuber you all know and love and hero of the Cybertronian Wars, the leader of the Autobots and the bearer, the true bearer of the oh Matrix. Oh, my God. Well, it isn't, well, isn't that just Prime? No, it's Rodimus Primal. How are you guys doing? You, you shouldn't try to make me dislike the guest right off from the bat, Mike. Hey, it's not. No, 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 no. It, it's no, me Rodimus you Primal is cooler than Rodimus uh-huh. Prime. Right. Because Rodimus whoa. Prime gave the Matrix back. <laughs> he, he had a return to sender moment. He, yes. no, he, Brilliant as always, Steve Megatron. <laughs> no offense to the guest. Mike has been yeah. waging the, the Rodimus Prime war with us for a decade now, so... That's why I gave I, him I the deviations. I have been defending the guy for like 35 years, <laughs> and, you know, because the thing is, is that I, I relate to him so much, That's because fair. I've been there. I've been there in, you know, in, a, in a leadership position. I know what it's like to have to deal with, you know, Ajita of, uh, you know, trying to to be a, a new leader and trying to fill in the shoes of somebody who everybody compares you to you know and uh trying to overcome your 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 faults and your di- and and your challenges um so that's why i relate to rodimus prime so much last big party of the summer folks let's go out with a bang <laughs> Mike just likes him because he's shiny no, that's not no, the only reason why I like him. For Mike, it's more of a hot rod versus Springer battle, I think. But that's yeah. well, there, there is that. But we we don't have time for that tonight. Yes, we don't have time. <laughs> no, for we that. don't have time for all that. 
Oh, oh. Well, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. My, my wife, my wife uh, nickname is RC. So, there you know, uh, so there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad to have you here, Rodimus Primal. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Brilliant as always. Ah, thank you, Megatron. And today we give you the third installment where we reveal numbers 75 through 51. By the pit, how much of this drivel must I endure? (sighs) Just no pleasing some people. We have this episode and the two more episodes in which we reveal the top 50 characters and eventually our number one character overall. Eventually. Eventually can be a long time. It may seem like it, but these episodes will fly by. I say, uh, we get beverage card service on this flight? I didn't mean we were actually going to fly, but yes, you can have whatever food and drinks you would like for the duration of these episodes. Now this is the party I expected. You just have to provide them yourself. And I thought up the Mrs. Speeches were bad. Oh, boy. Do you know what? Fine. Optimus Solo, take over. I have a vermin to trap. Anyhow, well, those two sort that out. Looking back on the last episode we did, were there any surprises for anyone so far? (laughs) Isn't life full of surprises? Okay, fine. You don't want to talk about surprises? What would you like to talk about, Tarantulas? You've got information I want. By information, do you mean the identities of our 75 through 51 rankings? Yes, let's hear it. Okay, I guess we'll have time in the wrap-up episode, guys, to look back on our Thoughts along the way, then. Yep, you got a point there. Man, it's a rough crowd tonight. Yeesh! Where's my cyber violin? Okay, okay, okay. Let's just get into the countdown. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Well, let's hear it for number 75. That's right. We are starting off today with our second Dinobot of the countdown coming in. Like they said at number 75, this is Snarl. I am Snarl. Snarl coming in at 75 on 12 people's list, an average ranking of 48 out of the people that did rank him. And uh, guess what, guys? Another person's number one ranking falls with this pick. Snarl? So, yes. Last really? week we Last week we saw Power Glide, which was number one on one person's list, and now we have Piaz, number one character Snarl, coming in at Wait. number 75. So maybe he'll be upset. But uh, He was in the movie, and people forget that he was actually in the movie uh, in three scenes. So That's yeah. true. <laughs> so he was anywhere from ranked one to ranked 93rd and he comes in at 75 for us. So Steve, what do you think of first having slag in last episode and now snarl starting off today? I mean, I'm a little s- surprised that slag didn't beat out snarl, but, um, but I, I always kind of liked snarl anyway, as a part of the second group of Dinobots. So that, it, it kind of resonates with me a little bit, but I, I'm either way. I'm glad to see the Dinobots show up on this list. Mike, if we had Slag and Snarl so far, predictions for the rest of the countdown: How many more Dinobots will appear? Hopefully, all of them. All of them. Hopefully, because there's honestly, no chance that my toy as a child is showing up in this countdown. The <laughs> only one, I, the only one I had was Sludge, and there's well, no way Sludge I, beats out Slag or Snarl, right? 
I mean, I don't know. He had a Looney Tunes moment in the movie, and each, anytime you put a Looney Tunes moment in a movie with Transformers, I mean, come on. For I don't think first, that helped him in the fandom. <laughs> for I'm me personally, I'm just gonna say I want all five Studio Series '86 Dinobots. So <laughs> oh, we, yes. already, we yeah. are we're already getting we already have know about the second one. We've seen images of it, but like, yep. and I have the first one. And I want the other three. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we need them all. And for me, with Snarl, it like I've been watching a lot of the G1 episodes, and season two obviously has 49 episodes, but. Season two has a lot of Dinobot episodes and a lot of them feature once Snarl and Swoop are made and introduced. Oh man. I honestly, my three favorites are Swoop, Snarl and Grimlock in that order. Swoop will always be number one for me. Okay. Okay. I'm all right with Snarl. Snarl was my brother's uh, figure um, who I inherited. So uh, I can appreciate that, but I don't know if I'm holding out hope that Sludge still appears. I think we've, we've missed the boat for him to uh, be on this countdown. So, (laughs) all right, we are starting off with a Dinobot, our second of the countdown. Let's see where we go next. Well, I believe it's time for number 74. On the previous episode, we saw a animated central character, I guess we could call it. At least that's where we went with it with Sentinel Prime. We're going with another character that I would say is uh, first and foremost maybe known from the animated series. Uh, you guys might disagree with that. We'll see. Coming in next is none other than Lockdown. Carbon fiber. Non-metallic. You Decepticon scum. Oh, I'm not one of them. Name's Lockdown. I'm what you call a bounty hunter. Decepticons pay real good for info, battle plans, access codes. Your friend should net me some sweet upgrades. Of course, you know what I really live for. Hunting trophies. Like my new EMP generator. Step away from the Autobot! Wait, I know you. EMP generator, right? I'm not good with names and faces. But I never forget a trophy. Lockdown. He was as high-ranked as 5th, as low-ranked as 97th. So another one that was all over the board, although five people had him in the 30s, um, ranging from 30 to 37. That was where he was most frequently uh, seen. He had an average ranking of 51, comes in here at 74. Mike, Lockdown coming in at 74. What do you think? I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. I think, you know, we're getting a, between the last episode and this episode, there's not too many predictable things yet. Uh, And having lockdown, I mean, yeah, you're right. He basically did kind of start in animated. He was also in the movies, but animated is where he shined with Lance Henriksen voicing him and basically a Transformers bounty hunter. He's basically Swindle, but not so... He's more ruthless than Swindle, let's say. Cool concept, for sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Evil version of DevCon. Yeah. I think a good way to look at him, too. You you did nail something there that um, in the... What we've seen now that we've done so many of these top 100s is that typically this bottom 50, 100 through 51, is where you have the unpredictable nature of it. It gets mm-hmm. a lot more predictable as we get closer, you know, in that top 50. Not the order necessarily, but you kind of know who's going to show up for the most part. Um, this is uh, usually the case, especially with the last episode that we did, where we get a lot of characters that will show up that were really high ranked by by a handful of people. So if they were fan favorites to a couple people, that usually can get them on the countdown, um, but it might not get them very high. And as we go through the countdown, it's more about 
um, total list that they appeared on. So it's more of a universal appeal as we get further on, whereas here it can be a little bit more divisive. So it is very unpredictable in this part of the countdown. Steve, what do you think about uh, another basically animated centric character showing up? I don't have a problem with it. He was kind of one of those unique characters that showed up and animated and uh, did really neat things as far as just stealing parts from those that he beat and um, just being kind of that bounty hunter. And I, I don't know. He was just kind of unique and different uh, yeah. in, in animated. I, I don't per se like him in the, the film, <laughs> uh, but in animated, I think he was pretty rock solid. Looking a little closer at the rankings and how people ranked it, I did mention that there was five people that had him 30 through 37. There was also five people that had him 75 through 83. So it was two distinct groups with a couple outliers. Rodimus, do you think he belongs more in the 30s or more in the 70s to 80s where we see him now? I think where he's at is is good right now because, you know, you got you got so many other characters. That you, you Like you said, like that that you know the one through 51 is going to be like more on the predictable side right and lockdown's kind of like a, he's a newer character to a lot of people um especially the old timers uh like us or myself um who you know it, it's getting introduced to a cool new character um you know you're you already have your, your set favorite so like having some like a new a, a cool new character get introduced you know, still shows up on your top 100 list, but doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, you know, take the spot of somebody like Optimus or something like that. So, right, right. Yeah, yeah, we're not comic book resources over here. We don't do clickbaity countdowns. <laughs> but I do give Lockdown a lot of credit because you would think at that point in the Transformers franchise, as many years as it had been around, we would have seen more of the, like the bounty hunter um, kind of character type um but but we didn't have a lot up to that point so it did kind of have a little fresh look to it um so i appreciate lockdown kind of showing up if there was an animated character i think you know with sentinel prime and lockdown so far those are probably two warranted ones and we'll have to wait and see if we have uh, any others that appear higher in the countdown but let's uh, take a look and see what comes in next oh, waspinator said number 73 is here <laughs> so we had some conversations last episode about you know character types as far as like um who would be more represented we were talking about things like you know how well represented would the seekers be how well represented would the um the autobot cars the cassettes the mini vehicles things of that nature um and maybe this speaks to that a little bit although i'm interested to see your guys's take on where he falls in comparison to the other characters in this kind of class that we've seen and i'm talking about the mini vehicles last Last episode, we saw Swerve, Warpath, and Powerglide, and Brawn in that order. Brawn being the highest ranked. And now we have another one coming in here, like they said, at number 73. And that is none other than Beachcomber. No, it's not possible. They found the Golden Lagoon. So Beachcomber beats out Warpath, Powerglide, Braun and Swerve. Mike, what do you think about that? And then what do you think about him coming in at 73? Uh, 73, I think, is a good place for him. He really only had, sadly, the Golden Lagoon as a spotlight. I had, I've seen him in several other ones. I know he was there. But his main spotlight story was the Golden Lagoon. And, you know, Beachcomber's a thinker. He's not really a... a he is a warrior when he has to be, but he's one of those sets of Autobots who would prefer much rather to 
keep the peace than enact the tyranny to get the peace. Yeah, the great uh, Alan Oppenheimer is the voice in the G1 cartoon of Beachcomber. Um, yes, highly ranked as number eight um, by the same individual that had all of the other uh, <laughs> Power Glide and Warpath, et cetera, ranked very high on their list. Um, here's a question for you, Steve. I mean, as far as where he should rank, we had three people had him in the 40s, actually. A couple people in the 70s. Five people had Beachcomber 91 through 100. So is he a little too high here at 70, um, 74, 73, or what do you think? I think it's a little too high, and I'm just judging this based on the fact that we had uh, three Beast Wars characters get knocked off <laughs> uh, in the last episode, and they were in infinitely more episodes and more character-driven episodes than what this one character has received in G1. So for the guest, just so you know, Steve will always be Beast Wars. I'm a Wars. diehard Beast Wars fan. He... he <laughs> he obsesses over it like we obsess over Rodimus. Yeah. Okay. So, so when I when I get to hear something um, <laughs> not match up with what my expectations are, and not even remotely close, it's going to throw me for a loop. Um, Beast Wars Megatron at number sixty six, folks. No. <laughs> my terrible, terrible voice. Oh, um, <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, Inferno getting you know basically one hundred one or one hundred. <laughs> And then Tigatron getting 85 and Depth Charge getting 84 uh, kind of rubbed me wrong. <laughs> um, more so on on the Maximal side because they just had uh, very rich characters. And uh, this this character we don't honestly know enough about. For the record, I know it's a, a broken record because I kind of said it on the last episode, though. I, I understand what you're saying as far as the, the time he didn't get a lot of attention, etc., he was though one of those that I grew up always wanting more of. Like I always yeah. wanted to see more. I will give more. you that because uh, I did watch the episodes where he is centric and mm-hmm. always found wanting more of him, but right. not getting it. So yeah, I do enough. see the I do see the infatuation with some of these Autobots because there's a lot of interesting designs and character types, but they just there's so many of them they don't get the time of day. Right. Absolutely. Rodimus, any last thoughts on Beachcomber? My thoughts on Beachcomber would probably be that, you know, because of like those that, that, um, I guess that, that, that need that want for peace out of a character, um, that a lot of people latch to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that's probably why people latch to him. But I, I would, I would venture to say Tigertron was, would, would be better, um, as far mm-hmm. as that same, you know, geographical want peace and and not war type of character, uh, they're very much the same. But I think that that just probably that Golden Lagoon episode stood out to a lot of people who really love Beachcomber. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and that's just you know that's what it is. Is that like whereas like you kind of got that out of Tigertron so often out of Beast Wars that you think more of like you know just that one episode was enough to give you a, a, a desire out of that character. And I, that, that's just not with Beachcomber, but that's pretty much with any character, really, that didn't get much spotlight. But that one spotlight that they did get was enough to make him your favorite character. So um, yeah. that's pretty much where I stand with it. So I can definitely see that argument there. All right, let's see what direction we go next. 72! Good! 
All right. I'm going to have to rely on you guys a little bit more than myself here because I'm not super versed on the comic world. And I feel like that's where this character has the most exposure. Uh, we are going with none other than Rung here at 72. Um, obviously heavily featured in the IDW comics as highly ranked as number 10, as low as number 91, only on 11 lists. That will be the fewest list of today's entire episode, but just got enough high rankings to make himself here because three people had him in the top 20 mike what do you think about rung rung is interesting he for those that haven't read the idw comics there's i don't want to spoil it but basically rung is he's not who you think he is in more ways than one and the idea that it was the way i was explained about who who rung was was basically He's on the Lost Light with Rodimus and crew and everybody that's on the Lost Light and more than meets the eye. And he's the psychologist. He's the one where everybody goes and talks to and tells him their problems and everything else. And that obviously will play into who he actually is down the line. Oh, hell. The IDW. As much as I can twist Optimus Solo's arms to read the comics, he doesn't have time to read the damn comics. Rung ends up being Primus, the Transformer God. So... I don't know. I I always liked when I read the stuff that happened with Rung because it was always so interesting to me to see someone to see a character in Transformers that was a psychologist, psychiatrist, that kind of thing. I don't know. All right. Steve, do you know anything about Rung? Nothing. All right. Rodimus, how about you? I'm not as uh, well-versed on that particular character, so it's kind of hard to give you enough wow for once um, mike you knew the most about something out of the group well okay <laughs> funny guy uh for one thing i i, I knew i knew with the the spoiler like i had a time okay. already well like yeah like i already knew that but like yeah um like maybe it's just because i mean i, I didn't like any bit that i read of law like like of of his involvement in the, in the stories was kind of like he's kind of weird looking and just didn't really like attach to him, and didn't really read much into him. And, and I mean, I know his his, his backstory, so it's kind of like, you know, so, yeah. So the thing about Rung is, as I already said, he's a he's the psychologist on the ship, the Lost Light with Rodimus and crew, and more than meets the eye. It's this big mystery of what he actually transforms into throughout the entire series. Again, for me, more than meets the eye is a book that gives Transformers such different characteristics that it's it draw it drew me in i mean hell i spent god uh, out of the eight years on the pull bag uh, good i'd say five or six of them covering the entire phase two books and he was just a fun fun character do i think he needs to be higher than 72 i'm actually surprised he even made the countdown i'm very happy that he did but I think 72, again, goes into the thing we mentioned last time and and in this episode, that Transformers is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Very true. And let's see what we get next. It's time for 71. All right. We had one of these characters show up last time. We get the second today right here at number 71. And that would be our second Insecticon. And that would be Bombshell, or I guess you could say Hardshell. Insecticons. Insecticons. 
was a noise. Don't scram your ram, kickback. It's just bombshell stomach rumbling, rumbling. Yeah, that's the problem with pines. You eat a forest of them, and an hour later you're out of energy again. Hey, snack time, anyone? A good meal always puts me in the mood for mayhem. But bombshell's how we all originally knew him. So, Mike, you had mentioned in the last episode about your Insecticon love and which how you ordered them, et cetera, et cetera. So we had Shrapnel at number 90, and we get Bombshell at 71. Thoughts? I can't believe anybody would put Kickback ahead of Bombshell, but okay. And sadly, Bombshell is not Cyclonus, people. Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I'm actually glad he fell here, and I'm glad we have the guest that we have, because Rodimus and I (laughs) were talking before the recording. He interviewed Flint Dilly approximately about a year and a half ago or so and asked Flint about who actually becomes Cyclonus. Hmm. And it, it is a character that hopefully will be much higher than Bombshell is the old question and is one of my oldest videos too is who became cyclonus um yeah i i have to get somebody i have to make up a really good fake answer to that and i i i I, my answer has always been skywarp so and it makes the most sense just based upon the character well i'd also ask it another way why wouldn't it be right you know what I mean? You know, in other words, yeah, you know, I mean, that's that that is that is a good, you know, I mean, what do we say? Th- somebody making a Thundercracker argument, you know, Thundercracker I mean, became Scourge and well, Skywarp became Cyclonus and the I sweeps know. were the Insecticons. So that makes sense because, I mean, you got this trinity of characters and it's not uh, it's not um, Starscream. Right. Who's it got to be? It's, uh, you know, it's got to be Skywarp. Yeah, there you go. I like the character. I love the, having the toy as a kid, but I can't see him being any higher. And I, I, I really need to know how, if Kickback shows up later down the line, as we get closer to number one, why people would vote Kickback over Bombshell. But, okay. Do you think he'll show up at this point, or is he left off the countdown? I, I don't know. I don't think he'll be left off. But, do but you, had, you had Bombshell higher than Shrapnel, though, didn't you? I think so. I'd have to look. See, I, I would have Shrapnel as my number one Insecticon, me personally, but... Why? Yeah, because I, he I, always shrapnel. repeats himself, repeats himself? I just, I think Shrapnel was just the most, the one that got the, across the most. I don't know. I, I think, I think Shrapnel, I put Shrapnel higher than Bombshell. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, that's, to me, I think is, a, he's a, I, mean, I don't know, like, Bo- Bombshell is cool because he, you know, he loves warping minds, so, like, that's just kind of his thing. Um, but it's kind of like you're a nasty bug. Like, so something cool about shrapnel with the lightning powers and everything. So that, right. that I, that I would rank him higher. And the, of course the repeating, um, unless you count kickback in the, the war for Cybertron or was it fall of Cybertron game? Um, the, why they did that? I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Bombshell just snuck in the countdown for me on my personal list. He bombshell was at 95. Um, and I had shrapnel a decent amount higher than him, so I was I was shocked by this order. Um, Steve, what do you think about the Insecticon presence so far in this countdown? I think it's appropriate, but I again I'm, I'm more of a fan of like kickback and shrapnel than bombshell. All right, let's see what we get next. It's time for seventy 
You accursed vermin! All right, we had three of them last episode. We get our first today. I'm talking about female characters. And coming on next is none other than Alita One. I can deal with Decepticons. Alita One knows no fear. This one has your name on it, Shockwave! Someone has to stay and protect what's left of Cybertron. This wasn't the life I imagined for us either. But it's one worth fighting for. As high-ranked as number three on Robo Apollo's list and all over the board. Some in the teens, in the 20s, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s, all over the place. Uh, 12 out of the 20, or 12 out of 33 people ranked Alita 1 in their top 100. So she comes in here at number 70. Let's start with the guest. Rodimus, what do you think of Alita 1 and making the countdown? I, I, mean, I think putting her on the list anywhere, really. Um, it, it, like In other words, you know, she deserves to be in the top 100, uh, period. Um, mm-hmm. she's, uh, you know, a very important character to the mythos. I think that if you follow the G1 cartoon and her origin and, uh, it, it was what helped drives Optimus Prime, uh, in that, like you killed my, you, ki- you know, you, you basically, you know, like killed me and you killed my girlfriend. Um, you know, Megatron, you're done. Like that's like, it was a driving factor for a blue collar guy like Orion Pax, but then Elita One, you get to see her in action in uh, the search for Alpha Trion. Like she knows no fear. She's got a special power, and she's she's fearless. So I I always like loved her character, and you know wish that she was able to show up more in the G One cartoon than she did. But I'm thankful that her character was even created in the first place. So yeah, I agree. I always wanted more of Elita One in in G One as well. Mike, so far the female presence has been Nautica at 100. Arachnid at 95, Chromia 78, and now Alita 170. Have we gotten that order correct out of the ones represented so far? That's up for debate that I don't want to get into. <laughs> okay. <laughs> However, I will say that having Alita on the list is, uh, you know, very, very cool. I, I love that she is where she is. And like Radimus said, you know, she has... For me, as much as I love the G1 version and the the version we're getting in War for Cybertron and and all of that, the most interesting version of her was when she was in animated, I think. The fact that she got turned into, she got left and turned into Black Arachnia. Like, I thought that was really, really interesting that she has this, again, this power that, you know, whatever, if she uses it, she loses it kind of thing. And what they did in animated, I thought was really cool of how they fit her in. I still love the G1 version overall out of them all. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to see Ariel here. (laughs) All right, Steve, any final thoughts on Alita 1? And if she is appearing here at number 70 without naming the actual characters, how many females still have a chance of making the countdown? Well, I definitely think that Alita 1 needed to be here um, just one, she's taken kind of a high command 
on the War for Cybertron trilogy, uh, for one. So that, that helps her stand out quite a bit more. Uh, but also, I, I think that we're going to see... There's still quite a few female characters that have not been mentioned yet that I, I know are going to show up at some point, uh, whether they be RC, Black Arachnia, and uh, um, I think it's Stryka is one of yep. them. Yep. Yeah. So so I, I, I have a feeling that two or three or more of those are going to show up at least in the, the rest of the countdown. All right. We will have to wait and see. Let's see what direction we go next. Let's hear it for 69. <laughs> All right. Coming in next is a character, actually the fourth character today that didn't make my top 100 because I did not have Lockdown, Rung, uh, or Snarl on my list. So getting another one here, and I'm going to rely on you guys to tell me where do we place this guy within, like what is he most known for? I don't know if you're going to say the movie series. Uh, Robots in Disguise, Cyberverse. I, I know that he kind of appeared in a weird way, I guess, in G1, but I wouldn't count him as that. We're talking about Drift. Um, Drift, uh, maybe uh, more presence in the comic, Micah. Maybe you can talk about mm-hmm. that. But coming in at 69 is Drift. He went anywhere from ranked 11th to 91st. Four people had him in the top 20. Mike, go ahead and start us off with Drift. Never make assumptions, pupil. Mistakes are part of learning. You left without word or reason. That is what angered me. I can only offer my apologies, Master. Your apologies are... <clears throat> ...sufficient. And your performance in the field today was exemplary. With Drift, he was in the comics. Uh, he and Rodimus actually had a thing in the comics. <laughs> um, which is interesting from IDW. Um, but yeah, I think most mainstream people might know him from seeing him in the movies kind of thing. Um, not everybody gets into the comics, sadly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, wh- you know, the what he did in the IDW comics I thought was really, really well done. And how his whole character arc progresses with where he was once a Decepticon and now he's an Autobot and he, he, he's basically the redemption character. One of them, anyway. Would you say he's most known for comic appearances over some I, of these other I, ones? I would have to say so with his character, at least from what I've noticed, because I've only ever heard him show up in various cartoons that did not get more than two seasons, three seasons, maybe. And that's more so the problem with how cartoons are today versus back in the eighties. But yeah, cause he shows up in cyberverse. He shows up in the 2015 uh, RID mm. show shows up in animated a little bit. Um, you know, so Unicron trilogy a little bit, the movies a little bit, but I never like felt impacted by any of those appearances that I saw. So I don't know. Yeah. The most consistent storyline he has is in the IDW comics. There's actually a whole, uh, miniseries, Drift miniseries uh, from IDW. I think it's called Empire of Stone? Okay. Yeah, I th- I think You're right. That's what it's called. Yeah. Steve, um, deserving of Top 100? I mean, I think so. I mean, he's one of the newer characters that's been created in the last 20 years, so I, I think that he kind of deserves it. My My only introduction to him is in Robots in Disguise, uh, so that's the only exposure I've ever had to him outside of the movie, which the movie was terrible anyway. But, um, but yeah. So I mean, it's it's not a bad concept. I, I think that he 
he, he's deserving. I, I think we're getting a pretty good mix of characters overall. Yeah. I agree with that so far. Rodimus, last word on Drift? I I didn't care for... I mean, when he was introduced, I think it was an all-hail Megatron. Mm. Um, wasn't a fan. Uh, didn't really care for him. Was like... Like he, he, I, I think I was probably on board with a lot of people that were like, "You're just forcing this character to be this cool character to come in." And I mean, I live on the Jersey Shore, so you know, you get a lot of car clubs. And he reminded me of all the people who had all their car clubs, uh, kind of thing with the way that his car was a drift car and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, but I, I like the 2015 version of the character. Um, just because like the robots in disguise, Mm -hmm. just because it was kind of like that teacher who was really trying to make his students be better. And, um, but he was a little too tough, sometimes overbearing in a way. And, and that's what I liked about the character is that it was kind of like, like the way that it was handled, I think it was really well done as much as I like Ken Watanabe. (sighs) I'm not a fan of Michael Bay's films. So, <laughs> um, you know, I just did not care for that version of drift, uh, even though it was supposed to be a triple changer, but never, be, never got a triple changer toy. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Robo Apollo, that's two in a row that he's had the highest, um, she. or she, excuse me. She's had the highest rank. She had uh, Lita one at three and she had drift at 11. Um, so apologies that those are falling way on the opposite side of the countdown <laughs> for you, but, uh, let's see where we go next. Waspinator's sick of this. It's time for 68. So one type of character that we have not had yet. Um, before I say that, though, so far up to this point in the countdown, the highest number of lists that we've seen is Bombshell, actually, with 16 appearances. That will be beaten by this character who appears on 17 lists. Uh, we have not seen any city bots, bases, um, you know, gigantic characters yet until this one at 68 mike's holding his breath there um, we are getting the gigantic tryptocon here at number 68 i knew you were gonna say that i was gonna give you a guess but i didn't want you to be wrong so i, I knew you were gonna say that because the first thing i'm like oh man <laughs> brad garrett at 68 damn so go ahead what are your thoughts at tryptocon being here <laughs> What can you say about Triptychon? I loved when he showed up in Yeah, War yeah, he was the first villain in War for Cybertron video game. The G1, like I didn't even know until much later that the voice of Triptychon was Brad Garrett. I found out, I don't know, about a decade or so ago. And I just go back and I listen to that and I'm like Holy crap, that's Ray's brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. That's an amazing Like, I don't know what they did to his voice to make him sound more robotic, but man, uh, I love Triptychon. I think his best use was (laughs) as the transport in Call of the Primitives. (laughs) Uh, Because he doesn't really, I mean, his I guess technically his arch nemesis is Metroplex. Yeah. And they have decent amount of battles, but not enough. 
That's just the yeah, problem I don't with think Generation the, the, 1 with... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I don't think G1 spends a lot of time with the the gigantic you know city bot type characters. I mean, we get introduced to quite a few of them, but none of them get a ton of time. And I right. think that was kind of one of those other elements where it's uh, those types of characters that we wanted more of that we didn't get maybe. Maybe there's like a little phenomenon there with, you know, like we said with Beachcomber and a few of these other guys where it's like we didn't quite get enough. So they're, they're still in our minds as somebody that we liked because we wanted more so i could definitely see that it was you know if, if transformers would have lasted longer than it did maybe we would have got more of the Trypticon and metroplex battles but kind of they get around and then it seems like they're we're quickly done with the series almost i know that's not quite exactly how it happens but it feels like that to me um rodimus what do you think about Trypticon being here i think it's cool um i i I, I had fun making, I made a video on him. So um, I, I had a lot of fun doing the whole like research on the character, adding some Godzilla clips. Cause come, come on, it's, it's Godzilla. It's Mecha Godzilla, basically, like, right. you know, Absolutely. you know, coming out of the water and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, with the Godzilla music. So it was just, it was just a lot of fun uh, to do, you know, to talk about him. Um, and I, you know, it's like when you deep dive deeper into him, you're like, man, he, yeah, he didn't show up much in G1, but the, what he did was an impact. And it's like, we, we want more. Like, just like you said, like Beachcomber, like it's the same thing. Like, you get a lot of these characters, they only get the opportunity to say one line in the cartoon. Trypticon, you get a lot more. But yeah. um, you get these characters who can only say one line. And it's that's everything you ever get about that character. But it's everything you ever need to know about that character. Um, but you want more. And right. if you get more, you'd be you'd be ecstatic. And Trypticon is one of those characters that I think that, you know, shows up like the arch nemesis of Metroplex. It's just it's a cool concept, maybe because I'm a I'm a big Kaiju fan. So, you know, it kind of <laughs> plays into me liking Trypticon quite a bit. So <laughs> I will say that looking at his toy. Oh, I loved one. his toy, the original toy, the G1 toy, the one that, you know, takes Five million years for him to take five steps. Oh, <laughs> those batteries, man, those batteries did not last very long at all. I uh, replaced the motor. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but it's one of those things where I remember friends of mine. I don't remember actually having any of the city bots, but I remember friends having them, and I remember them tra- like this to me. This and Austin Powers is the closest I come to Godzilla. I just have never gotten into that world kind of thing. But I remember as a kid just waiting for Trypticon as a toy to destroy my Autobots when I was over at a friend's house one day. And I'm like, man, can we, like, speed this up? Because he's (laughs) taking forever. (laughs) <laughs> so eight people had him listed ranked either 51 through 62 we have him at 68 steve is that a good spot uh, i don't know you will for this. i mean he's he's definitely one of those titans in the the show but uh, i mean there's not much character there he's basically a, a really cool floating base or walking base that's a dinosaur um <laughs> But I, I don't know. I, I, I think that maybe not as high, but, okay. but yeah, I, I, I still think he deserves to be on the list. And that opens up another question that we'll have to keep track of, a new type of character that we'll have to see how many show up, and that is the city bot or the base character. So didn't have that, uh, we didn't talk about that at all last week, so we'll see how many more, if any, we have to go. 
let's see where we go next on the countdown. Let's hear it for 67. So it doesn't matter if you want to go uh, the samurai route or the pretender route, but we haven't had either show up at this point. So how about we get both of those out of the way with number 67, Bludgeoned. Uh, Bludgeon at number 67, 15 list, average ranking of 50 amongst those people that uh, ranked him. Um, I, I'll go first because for some reason, and I don't obviously know he probably has a big presence in the comics because um, that's what it is typically with the characters that I don't know a lot about that are showing up here, and I'm comic illiterate. Um, but for me, the toy and the portrayal of him in most of the stuff that I've seen him in I could never get past his face. Um, I just felt like this was like New Adventures of He-Man type <laughs> of design here. And I just could not get past him. It's like, is this a, trying to be a crossover with a shitty He-Man cartoon? Um, so I couldn't get past the look, but I'm sure other people have other opinions. Mike, what do you think about Bludgeon? I am not the biggest Bludgeon fan. He is the ult- one of the ultimate, ultimate sadists in Transformers. Um... Yeah, I'm looking at one of his pictures uh, on New Adventure Skeletor. Yeah, essentially, it's New Adventure. Wow, side by side, they'd be pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I'm glad he's represented. I don't know necessarily. Like, I probably would have put him at a hundred versus me personally. Put him at a hundred versus where he falls, but I don't know. Casey Collar had him at uh, 14th. That was the highest ranking. So we went from 14 all the way down to 93 for those that ranked Bludgeon. Steve, what do you think about him appearing in our top 100? Um, I mean, I had him at 84, but that's because I had uh, I had met him in the comic books. Uh, that's many, not too far off. Moons. Yeah. So he he basically like the in the the Marvel. G1 comics, there was a lot of leaders that they kind of went through pretty consistently. He was one of them. <laughs> and he kind of played a little role into the G2 comic and then he's he's kind of shown up in classics and Regeneration 1 and Transformers 84 and right. uh, you know, a multitude of other continuities. But he, for me, like uh, where I remember him the most from is from the, the Marvel G1 run. Alright. Um, Rodimus, what do you think about Bludgeon? I, I liked him in the Marvel comics. Uh, I think I think if I remember correctly, he was kind of introduced like right there towards the uh, in the late fifties, right yep. when Furman took over, and uh, you know caused Primus to wake up uh, yep. in the comics. And then he was also the final villain they faced off against in uh, in issue eighty and uh, or seventy nine and eighty. And um, I, I I dug him as a character at least as far as I remember back in the day. I I, I would as far as pretenders is concerned, I think that. He's poorly represented as a pretender, uh, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because, you know, that's the thing. It's kind of like, well, what do you do with him? Like, I think I think a pretender for him would be more like battle armor. Um, you know, like he basically is a battle tank that, you know, gains the samurai armor and then is able to, like, you know, gain power. Like, that's kind of how I would look at the character. But he I would rank Thunderwing a little higher personally. Uh, over bludgeon bludgeon okay. just look, he looks cool because he's a an evil skeleton faced <laughs> samurai warrior just well you have skeleton transformers pretty much, pretty much. I, but i like i like thunderwing more so um, mike yeah. one last question here we've seen quite a few people that may not be as most known and appreciated for their appearances in the live action movies but we're getting a lot that have at least had a name drop in the live action movies is that is there something to that 
Nobody's ranking them based on those appearances, right? I'd hope not, considering <laughs> that I only put maybe one live-action movie character on my personal list. We had the big one last episode, which would have been Barricade. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that goes. If uh, That was the only one that we could actually give credit for probably being named because of the movies. All these other people are just by association. They, they were in the movies, but I don't think that's why anybody's ranking them. So, all right, let's see where we go next. Let's have 66. Kind of similar to a character we just talked about a few uh, spots ago. We've already had Alita 1, kind of in the same vein here. We get at number 66, Alpha Trion. How do you know this Alpha Trion? Vector Sigma itself. It was Vector Sigma who arranged for Galvatron to learn of the key's existence. Alpha Trion. It makes no sense. Do not question Vector Sigma's motives. The parameters of its thought matrix are greater than you can imagine. So Alpha Trion on 14 list, average ranking of 46. A lot of people had him in the 30s and the 40s. 30, 35, 36, 37, 39, 40, 43. So a lot of people had him in that realm. He's dropping a lot lower on the countdown because of the lack of list that he appeared at all on. Alpha Trion at number 66. We'll start with Rodimus. Uh, what do you think of the placement here for Alpha Trion? And there was no doubt he was going to appear somewhere, right? That's, that's the thing. Like I, the way I look at this list, and I'm going to be honest with you, just like listening, like just looking at like the, the 100 through the 76. And now as we're going through these, um, any character really that like when they appear on the list, it's like, do they, do they deserve to be on the list? And I think Alpha Trion absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such an important character to the mythos. He's, pretty much you know uh the father basically to optimus prime in a way um and he's uh you know an epitome of wisdom and and uh if not for him the aerial bots wouldn't exist in the cartoon and mm-hmm. um like i just i, I always i i thought it was so cool to have like this like elder character show up and be so important as he was uh, in the cartoon and then play such an important role in later episodes. Like he was in war dawn and then he was in forever is a long time coming. You end up finding out that he was the guy who led the Autobots to King the Quintessons off the planet. Um, and uh, that, that, that importance, you know, really brings that character, you know, full circle in such a way. And uh, so I, I, I dig that character quite a bit. He's one of those characters that for me really kind of spoke to the the history buff in i'm obviously i went on to be a history major but um when i saw those bits in g1 that were speaking to stuff that happened before you know the history Mm -hmm. the the mythology the the you know all that type of stuff about transformers that's the stuff i wanted more of like i want to hear more about why everything is the way it is i want to hear more about what came before and alpha try and represented that for me so i always wanted to see more about this character and the other characters that were around with him so yeah, so that was that was one reason why I was a big fan. I actually had him ranked quite higher. I had him ranked 37 on my list. He falls here at 66. Mike, another character from the live action movies, right? No. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead though. No. He was in Revenge no. of the Fallen. You have fought for Optimus, our last descendant, with courage and with sacrifice, the virtues of a leader. A leader worthy of our secret. The matrix of leadership is not found. It is.
is earned. Return now to Optimus. Merge the Matrix with his spark. It is, and always has been, your destiny. Was he? I don't remember. They would never do that to this awesome character. Why would they do that? Why the hell would you do that? I mean, honestly, outside of of um, John Stevenson and later Corey Burton that voiced him in G1, the best Alpha Trion we ever got came from animated as George Takei. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No, he was Yoketron. Whoops. Anyway, completely different character. But I swear I... I no, swear Phil Lamar did anyway, him animated. That's right. Either way, uh, no, I love Alpha Trion. I... I think he deserves to be a little higher. I mean, I'm with you on there. Maybe low, low sixties, low, like mid fifties kind of thing. Like this is way too low. Yeah. I think right around the halfway part would have been good. Yeah. Steve, what do you think? Agree or disagree? I, I I mean, I definitely think he deserves to be on this list. I mean, it's alpha freaking Tryon. um <laughs> but he yeah i mean he's he's basically the one that built optimus prime and uh to some degree i think that you know he built elita one and ironhide i would say too because he it kind of yeah so i i definitely like the fact that they've included Tremagnus. him um mm-hmm. and then Tremagnus. you get a little bit of, what's that ultra magnus Oh, uh, Ultra Magnus. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Using the same schematics. White Prime. Yeah. yeah. That that and makes a lot of sense. I always thought it was combat. Ironhide as, as a kid, but then, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. When you really think about them, and I know this is like, you know, extending mm-hmm. your, your podcast a little bit, but um, I've, I've always associated Dion becoming um, Ultra Magnus or at least a component of Ultra Magnus because, you know, using the same schematics for, for Optimus, uh, just like he did for Elita One, Ultra Magnus is, uh, you know, first of all, Ironhide was present in Wardon, mm-hmm. so he would have known the backstory too, but he didn't know the backstory. So that, to me, kind of like leads me to believe that that wasn't the case. <laughs> uh, so, okay. yeah. So, like, I, I'm like, okay, it makes the most sense, like, for Ultra Magnus. I know it's like kind of a fan theory, like, you know, like some it. people are just like, well, Dion just died. Like, his name is Dion. So, but, oh, you know, like, <laughs> I, I like to think he rebuilt him into, yeah, into a new Autobot uh, warrior. So that, that, that would make sense. Um, but yeah, I just having him, him show up and you get the flashback of him as a three. And then, uh, just all the times that he, he's given wisdom to the Autobots and, and prime's been able to speak to him through the matrix. Uh, just, uh, he's just a very pivotal, important character. Yeah. All right. We're about to go to our second of a certain class. Let's see what that is. I'll rip out your optics at 65. So last episode, we saw Pia's sixth ranked character fall. That was Brainstorm. And today already we've seen um, his first with Snarl. Now we're going to see his fourth fall. So that's three in his top 10 already gone and kind of similar to one of his other picks there. We're going to our second headmaster and that is none other. Mike, you already mentioned it when we talked about brainstorm that you thought that this character possibly could have a chance to show up. And we're talking about Chrome dome here at number 65 on 15 list. He had twice been ranked in the top 10, but 
some people had him on the opposite 10. We had one person rank him at 100th overall. So uh, getting closer to being on half the list. What do you think, Mike, of Chrome Dome showing up here? I I love Chrome Dome. I love that Chrome Dome loves Rewind because, again, reading the IDW comics, they do all kinds of things with the characters and how they are. And like we've already said in this episode, some characters don't get a full arc in the original cartoon. And what they did with them in the IDW comics I thought was really, really cool and interesting. I do want to correct myself. I was right, but it was the wrong series. George Takei did voice Alpha Trion in Transformers Prime. So Chrome Dome is interesting. Voiced by Frank Welker. Yes, he is. It's interesting that he falls here because I would have thought he would be a little higher, again, because of the IDW comics. Because I know a lot of people that read or have read the IDW comics and really, really dug that storyline. Again, Chrome Dome just seems like a character that was thrown in at the end of the cartoon. Mm -hmm. We didn't get too much with him. I think the... Was he in... Where where did he start? I forget where he started in the in when he debuted. The Rebirth Part One. Okay, well there you go. Uh, didn't ex- yeah he didn't have any time. They were I think already- all just the, the Rebirth trilogy. Yeah, was all yeah, did. that's the uh, that's not good. But um, <laughs> well, because again, or what I remember most about it now, now that you say that, I'm like, oh, you get this guy, you get this guy, you get this guy, and Chrome Dome got one of the the nebulons, I forget which one off the top of my head. Uh, but you like the best part about the only part you could say about him in G1 is that, you know, he destroyed the hives machines again. Whereas in the comics, you have this whole storyline of him being a Nemo surgeon. And it's just something you have to look into. You don't have to, as much as I would love everyone to read the IDW comics, you could just go on the Transformers wiki and just look at his character bio for, for the IDW continuity. I, having him, I'm glad he's here. I Just because of the comics, I think he should maybe be one or two higher. Other than that, at least he made it. Dylor, I think, was the Nebulon that was with him, unless mm-hmm. I read that wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, I'm, I'm losing more and more hope that my... Uh, favorite headmaster is going to appear now that we've seen brainstorm and chrome dome i don't think it's looking good for hardhead um rodimus what do you think about chrome dome showing up here 65 um i'm not surprised i mean like you said like you know he he did have a prominent role for a lot of people in the idw comics but he was also the kind of uh field leader for the headmasters in the headmasters anime um if you guys have never seen that um, it was, uh, basically the Japanese season four right. and had, you know, he had, he was friends with someone named Jack who, who six shot killed, which by the way, I don't understand why six shot is so loved in like, like in from the headmaster series because of, because of the things that he did, he killed ultra Magnus and then he, you know, killed uh Chrome domes friend, uh, Jack. So I'm like, you know, like, so like Chrome dome was kind of like a hothead. He was always trying to flirt with RC and, uh, you know, I, I, so I can kind of see where his character stands. I never grew that attached to him. I, you know, I thought he kind of looked cool. I, I was more of a, I, I like brainstorm a little bit more personally, uh, just based, based from the, the rebirth, just because he was the guy who basically created the whole idea of the headmasters mm-hmm. in, uh, 
in the you know the G one cartoon. So um, so I, I I I like brainstorm a little bit more. So that's kind of how I feel with uh, with him. So um, yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve. Last thoughts on Chrome Dome. Uh, I I always just liked Chrome Dome. I liked his whole like transformation. I liked what he looked like in robot mode. I, I liked the fact he was a headmaster and he's probably one of my favorite headmasters despite everything. I mean, I, I like brainstorm as well, but, um, other, other than that, I, I really like, um, Chrome Dome and he was, he was very present in, you know, the season four and, uh, among the others. So I, I think that it's just kind of fitting that he's on here. All right, fair enough. So our second headmaster appears here. Um, let's go ahead and see who our second part of a combiner will be next. It's time for 64! So we had a discussion last episode on if we would see any of the combining parts or if we would just see the combined form. And last episode, we got two combined forms in Superion and Bruticus, but only one part with Motormaster being the one that appeared last time. So now we're getting our first foray into that kind of world. Mike, I'm going to have to let you go first on this one because I know what a big fan you are of this character. We'll go ahead and say that he is most known for his animated appearance. We're going with Swindle here at number 64. So on 16 list, average ranking right around 50. Um, as highly ranked as 6th by Nicole, um, as lowly ranked as 96th, and all across the board, there was really no, like, I guess the where he's most represented would be either in the 60s or in the mid to late 20s. Um, so all over the map, we have him here at 64. Mike, what do you feel? It's, I know you want him higher, but it's slightly too low only because of, you know, say what you will about animated. I will. So I know you will <laughs> <laughs> check ass. Um, say what you will about animated, but hi there. Look to your left. The key is in the ignition. Handles like a dream, doesn't it? Also, plenty of cargo space for your stolen loot. And don't even get me started on a cup holder. Let me just say I've had my eye on your operation for the last few days, and I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing. The whole costume villain team-up thing, it's very exciting. I'm thinking we could do something together. Kind of an I-scratch-your-back-you-scratch-mine type arrangement. Consider this slick ride a down payment. It's a truck. Big one. Push the red button. The name's Swindle. I'm what you might call an intergalactic arms dealer. And thanks to you, I now have in my possession the slickest weapon in the galaxy. The Sonic Jammer 3000. Don't leave Cybertron without it. But wait! There's more. It also has a stasis suspension ray. Handy for those tight spots. Pick this baby up on Quintessa. Nice folks, the Quintessons. Give you a good deal and all the oil you can drink. All very fascinating, Svindle. What? On the fifth moon of Pazan? How dare you collaborate with Autobots? 
collaborate my actuator, this is a private transwarp frequency to my own personal storage dimension, mister. Swindle in Animated is by far the best version of Swindle we ever got in media because not only is he just super cool and he references all, he even even references two different Beast Wars things. Uh, He was voiced by the late, great Fred Willard. And anytime Fred Willard spoke, you listened. Fair enough. Steve, what do you think about Swindle being here? I mean, I get everybody's infatuation with him and animated, but otherwise, like, I don't see everybody's infatuation with him. (laughs) What I guess the interesting question here, though, is we've already seen Bruticus. So that to me is interesting. Like, I think a lot of people view the parts as cool characters, but then they always want the combined form as like the ultimate character. But we get the reverse here where we get Bruticus first and now swindle Uh, Rodimus thoughts on that and and how they kind of fell. Well, um, the thing about swindle is he, of all of the combaticons, I think he had the most, uh, showtime. I think Mm -hmm. like, you know, he had what BOT, he, you know, where he sold the uh, Combaticons for parts, you know, <laughs> tried to get Galvatron to, uh, you know, make a deal about, <laughs> you know, Metroplex's trip, to, um, tra- you know, transforming cog. Uh, and <laughs> like, so like he had, he had quite a bit of characterization out of more than one episode. So yeah. when he already showed up and animated, it was easy to, uh, you know, expand upon that. So really like, in a, in a way animated is, is basically an extension of the G one character, uh, even though it's different continuity, um, and take and, and expanding upon that whole idea of who would a guy, what would you have if you had a guy who would sell you for parts, <laughs> you know, and not even care because it's his whole nature. Uh, and it's kind of one of the reasons why, like there are some, like, like in some individual, uh, combiner limbs that I like better than the combined form. So, you know, I can kind of see why he would be, uh, you know, higher on the rank than Bruticus. So, and when we talked about Bruticus, we did say if there was any member of the Combaticon that would show up, who would it be? And it was pretty universal that Swindle had the best shot. So Mike, does this mean that we are done with Combaticons for the rest of the countdown? It just depends. Uh, if we are, I would be, fine with where the fact that Swindle beat out Bruticus, but I'm not so sure if I'm going to be think- so happy if, if Vortex or Blastoff end up higher than Swindle. Do you think there's a chance of that? It depends, only because I know that there was a point in the IDW comics where a really good Blastoff story was told. Um, <laughs> so, But I don't know. It depends on what people remember. All right, fair enough. Let's see where we go next. Pain is my friend. It's time to suffer. It's time for 63. All right, I guess you could make an argument that this is also a combiner, but I think most people will say he's much more well-known for a different appearance. Steve, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Number 63. Rampage. Number 63 is Rampage. Um, Which one? Which one? I have to assume that this is Beast Wars Rampage. We're wasting our time! 
because nobody specified specifically, and I can't imagine that the predic or the uh, the predicting part rampage out ranked beast wars and i can't imagine that the revenge of fallen rampage outranked beast wars rampage um but nobody specified a specific you know a specific type of rampage um it was one of those characters that that was kind of a. I guess we just have to assume what people were voting on because it's you know like we had with inferno it was very obvious people either put beast wars or g1 inferno um but nobody ranked their their rampage character specifically so steve let's pretend this is beast wars unless somebody can make an argument that it's somebody else uh, I, I'm, if that's the case, I'm really happy that he's in the top 100, uh, because again, he's one of those villains that, uh, as unfortunate and as evil as he is and twisted and sadistic, uh, especially eating, uh, depth charges friends, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's also kind of, uh, uh, he's, he's the fault of the Maximals and because the Maximals were doing basically genetic testing using Starscream as a template, they inadvertently created a mutant indestructible uh, freak of nature. And that is rampage. And so he's, uh, he's really weird, but I I feel like he's kind of doubled down on that, that whole being a victim thing, because not only did the maximal screw up, but um, then Megatron, cuts his spark in half and uses it for half a Dinobot, tortures him if he doesn't do what he says, and then Depth Charge has to be uh, kind of forced to kill him. Uh, <laughs> although, to them, it was it, that was like the ultimate power battle between two juggernauts in the series, so that was kind of cool, too. But I, I, I think that while he's cool because he's indestructible and he's a deadly weapon, uh, I still would have rather seen Tigertron or Depth Charge surpass him mike we so the full list of rampages here that we have to to pick from um he was a he was a a, uh, kind of concept wise he was an animated and in the line family but that not really like an actual appearance we know he was the constructicon bulldozer in revenge of the fallen he was a micromaster tiger in shattered glass he was um obviously the decepticon predacon tiger from g1 and then the Predacon Transmetal King Crab from Beast Wars. So let's just go with Beast Wars because let's face <laughs> it, that's the most memorable version of the character. I mean, uh, I could see maybe getting a vote or two for the pre- for the Predacon Tiger, but maybe. Be- but honestly, the when it comes to the Predacons, I remember Razorclaw, I remember Tantrum, and I remember Dive Bomb. And we Those, remember Predacon King, but that well, I obviously, but that's the combined <laughs> form. But I'm saying like. Out of the actual five bots that make up Predaking, I only remember three of their names. Dive gotcha. Bomb and Razor Claw and Tantrum and Those Rampage. are the three I just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. And Rampage and something else. Ramalam and Ding Dong. I don't know. Headstrong? I don't remember. Headstrong, Headstrong. that's what yep. it was. Yeah. Point so three. for me it's it's definitely Beast Wars Rampage and I watched that scene enough times in the last month and a half that uh, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Literally, I've watched Nemesis so many times. Depth Charge doesn't just kill him. He lets Depth Charge kill him. Yep. Because he wants to be it. He doesn't... That bot is living under the fact of basically Megatron is Unicron. Basically, 
and, yeah. and, and rampages Galvatron essentially. Oh, why do you torture me? Blah, 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 blah. Well, if you say something stupid, I'm going to crush your spark. Yeah. And then yeah. obviously with him dying, as will be said later. So when we get to Dinobot and his clone army, it's like, oh, well, the reason why this is here is because Rampage wanted to die. And it's a interesting character. It's a character that I think had a really full arc throughout Beast Wars, whether it's the what I want to really know is what I want to know from Bob Forward or Robert Skier or whoever, because sadly, Larry Dottilio's well, Bob no Bob Skier had nothing to do with Beast Wars. He oh, was that's right. Machines. That's right. But the point is that I, what I want to know is what dumb Autobot decided to experiment on Starscream's spark? Oh, well, it was the Maximals. <laughs> I, oh, Autobot, Maximal, same damn thing. They're descendants of each other. Yeah. yeah Hundreds of years probably. apart. Yeah. Idiots. But <laughs> don't question Steve. <laughs> Beast Wars knowledge. I like that. Um, Rodimus, <laughs> what do you think of Rampage showing up here? If, if I was to, you know, I mean, yeah, there's the G1, you know, Predacon limb, which, I, you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think Rampage. Mm-hmm. But the Beast Wars character ranks up there. Um, you know, more as a character, mm-hmm. um, overall, like I don't even consider the live action, the, <laughs> the, the jumping Jack thing to be rampage. Um, you know, cause to, to me, rampage is either the Predacon limb or the Predacon King crap, like one right. of the two. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's only called rampage because Megatron dubbed him rampage. You know, he really is just protoform X. So, um, so yeah, but I, but I, I enjoyed both characters. I mean, Rampage, Rampage and G1, like, like, like you said, like there isn't much to him except for he's just a hunter and mm-hmm. that's all that he is. But the, the whole mutant indestructible spark that also gave life to uh, a new Dinobot, um, you know, is a, a incredibly interesting character. And I love the, um, you know, um, pain is my friend. Mm-hmm. Feel it, <laughs> like I just I love that. Like his, he's got such memorable quotes that you can just like you know, um, like draw from. He's just like such a cool character. I always I always dug him. So absolutely. All right. So another Beast Wars character making the countdown. With that, we're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear an ad from one of our fellow contributors on this countdown, and we will be back with the second half of the characters for today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Discover a world of vintage and modern toys that's more than meets the eye with the Triple Takeover Toy Cast. Hosted by toy writers and photographers Toybox Soapbox, 6O, and TF Square One, this informal and chilled out series of discussions cover everything from vintage Transformers to Mask, Diaclone, Microman, and more, be it nostalgic or current. Whether you're a seasoned collector or a casual robot enthusiast, all are welcome. Triple Takeover Toy Cast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> it's time for 62. All right, before the break, we were talking about Beast Wars. Let's keep talking about it after the break here. So we're starting back off with more Beast Wars characters. This one is going to get a reaction out of two of us. So anyways, we had Rampage before the break. Incredibly too low. Should be way higher. Steve, I'm in agreement with you on this one. Number 62 is... (laughs) Isn't life full of surprises? Tarantulas. What? So Tarantulas here at number 62. Steve, you had Tarantulas at number 4. I had Tarantulas at number 11. Um, And various rankings between that and 83 um, was the lowest he got ranked. Just not on enough lists here. 14 lists out of the total. Steve, I'll let you go first. What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, I mean, like, seriously, this guy is the craziest mad scheming scientist on the Predacon group. And, you know, he's experimenting with technology. He's experimenting with anything really uh he's exceeded death up through the vok i mean he was burned to a crisp by inferno and possessed black arachnia got a transmetal body transferred back still possessed her for a little bit and then had this vendetta against the vok which was honestly his only undoing i mean he managed to try and kill megatron on 
more than one occasion or Optimus or whomever it benefited at that point uh, and still survived. So he's, he's nuts, but he's a fascinating character to watch on screen, no matter, you know, what rendition he is. Uh, I, I feel like his transmetal version was probably his best um, in terms of, of scope, but he, he had so much play throughout the series that it's just, yeah, this is way too low. Like, yeah, I get maybe four is too high, but this, this guy's like, I would argue top 25. I uh, obviously agree. I, like I said, I had him just outside the top 10 at number 11. And for me, when I was doing my rankings, it mattered much less as far as, I mean, I did pay attention to how often these characters showed up throughout the franchise and how many times they've been reinvented, et cetera, et cetera. And that maybe counted for something. But what counted more for me is how interesting is the character. And for me, Tarantulas is just one of the most interesting characters that we've ever gotten just because of all the different layers and all the different levels of, of what he's about, what motivates him, who's, what side is he playing off of what, and, and kind of that rogue in it for himself type thing, but yet still smart. I don't know. Like I just really loved Tarantulas as a character. He was probably one of my favorite Beast Wars characters. So I'm happy he's on the countdown. I think at least top 50, if not top 25. Um, he comes in here at 62. Mike, what do you think? Man, I guess uh, I guess he didn't leave that much of a legacy for Megatron to use because yikes, way too low. Even though I'm not a, f- I, I like the character. I'm just in general, I'm not a fan of spiders and some of the things that he did pre Transmetal, <laughs> just creepy <laughs> as all hell. Uh, you know, but man, this hurts. This is kind of hard. I know this, this one I'm really <laughs> sad about. Like I, I could see, I could see silver bolt. I could see uh quick strike. I could see some of those kind of hitting here, but tarantulas. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only one to best him really in the show is rat trap. And yeah, that made for some much. really comedic scenes between the two of them because it was mm-hmm. always rat trap kicking his butt. Mm-hmm. So interesting here that Tarantulas falls. Uh, Rodimus, any other thoughts uh, about Tarantulas? Do you agree with Steve that it's it's too low, or just think he's at least top 100 deserving? I think he's top 100 deserving. It's kind of hard because there's so many other good right. characters, and it's hard to place a lot of them. That's yeah. really what it is. Like, and he is obviously well deserving of being of the top 100. I just. Where I would rank him would be tough. I would rank him higher than, like you said, like Quick Strike, um, you know. But it's it's kind of hard to place him because there are a lot of of other deserving characters, and it's kind of hard to place him specifically. I mean, um, you know, I would even put a lot of other Beast Wars characters above him. So, yeah. Yeah, and if you look at the average rankings, which is obviously just based on those that did rank him, um, he would be the second highest uh, that we've talked about today, only being beaten out by Rung, who averaged 42.2, and Tarantulas averages 43.1. Um, so all you know, the people that did rank him ranked him pretty high. Like we said before, Steve, just not enough people ranked him, um, which is the case so far that we've seen from a few of the Beast Wars characters. So, all right, Tarantulas following Rampage. Let's see what follows Tarantulas. Stand back, citizen. It's time for 61. Steve, we're just going to have to call this your portion of the show. We're going (laughs) to 
Another beast character here at 61. Allspark had this character ranked the highest, though. You didn't. Allspark did at number seven on their list. Um, so we've had uh, the Predacons represented a little bit. Let's go to the world of the Maximals. Number 61 is Silverbolt, um, Beast Wars Silverbolt. Um, that was designated by everybody as G1 or Beast Wars, so there's no doubt about that. Um, so Silverbolt just beating Rampage and Tarantulas. Uh, Mike, you had the loudest laugh, so let's start with you. Well, since you're the one who knows the way, go ahead. Lead on. Silverbolt? Black Arachnia? You still don't get it, do you? I don't hate Megatron for what he made me do. He freed me from my code of honor, and I reveled in it. Don't you see? I enjoyed it. I had the loudest laugh because <laughs> part three is essentially subtitled, even though it's not in the actual episode title. But if people look in the description, it's basically, you know, part three is unleash the beast in you. And because I knew that, sadly, OK, we, we need to reiterate, folks, we are at number 61. We didn't say this in the beginning, Kate, to remind you. Optimus Solo, Kevin, is the only one of us that has the actual full master list at, at this point before we release the actual podcasts. And, God damn it, Silverbolt deserves better. <laughs> and I just knew that this part three was going to be a menagerie of beasts. And, man, for me, Silverbolt... He was always that he he always was and always will be that hero from from Beast Wars the the chivalrous one the one who fell in love with the other spider that kind of thing but for me where I loved him was the dark turn the dark knight basically he lived long enough to see himself sort of become the villain uh in Beast Machines I loved the whole twist of Jetstorm which Jetstorm's a whole other thing but Jetstorm being you know, used Silverbolt spark kind of thing. And I just, that character just added so much to Beast Wars, though, once he was introduced in Coming of the Fusors. I mean, well, you can blame me a little bit. Uh, Tarantulas, I had ranked 11. Silverbolt, I had ranked 98. Um, what is wrong with you? I had him at 32. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I feel stronger about Tarantulas. I actually felt stronger about Inferno Beast Wars, uh, who, Felt so 101 um, and, yeah and i felt uh stronger about depth charge but like i'm not saying Silverbolt's not worthy i thought he was worthy of sneaking in the countdown i just had other beast wars characters higher so steve go ahead on your thoughts on Silverbolt. well and that this actually brings up an interesting story in that he's the first one that made it to beast machines that's been featured that's true um because obviously megatron primal Rhinox, Silverbolt, Rattrap, Cheetor, Black Arachnia all made it to Beast Machines. So he's the first one of those to get knocked off the list. And while I don't disagree that he deserves to be on the list, you know, I, I would argue more than like Tigerhawk or um, Quick Strike, uh, but or Scorponok from Beast Wars. I, I I'm a little yeah. 
I, I'm a little disappointed that so many of them are getting knocked off right here. <laughs> what I will say before we let the guest go is I swear if Wonko the Satan comes in here anywhere in the next five picks, we riot. I know Waspinator is not coming in this episode. It'll be the next one. Uh-huh. Everybody seems to think they know what the countdown's going to reveal. Interesting. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, Rodimus, what do you think of three Beast Wars characters in a row? Rampage, Tarantulas, and Silverbolt. Um, so, first of all, is, is it Beast Wars-specific Silverbolt? Or is oh, it Beast, Beast Wars Silverbolt? slash yeah. Beast Machines. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, because I also like the G1 Silverbolt quite a bit. Like the whole, the, the acrophobic one. Yeah, no, that uh, was a yeah. that was a separate listing that people designated. So, okay. um, it was they okay. were very clear on their rankings with the silver bolt. I I really li- liked his character um, in in Beast Wars in season two. Like that, I loved the chivalrous nature of his character. That he really wanted to do the right thing, and he felt that he was doing the right thing, even if even if like Optimus, like she's using you, dude, like um, like to a fault, you know. And it's something about that character that um you know that I really love that like the growing of him in 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 Beast Wars. Um and yeah the Beast Machines turn I liked I liked it. Um you know specifically that character. I don't know it kind of felt weird because it was almost like the two characters were were going back and forth in a way. Yeah. Like Black Arachne and, and 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 Silverbolt when they crossed over in the Beast Machines, it was as if Silverbolt literally like took Black Arachnia's place in a weird way. You know, in like now Black Arachnia is trying to get Silverbolt to 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 be more um after the whole Jetstorm thing. So like I I I love the Beast Wars character and probably also because I mean Scott McNeil is just so talented he can he oh, can yeah. do like, you know, multiple characters all at once and you can kind of hear like uh like they're different enough yet the same so you can still hear Scott but it's like so I always loved his character uh in a lot of ways so um yeah. <laughs> all right. So three Beast Wars characters in a row. Can it be four? We'll see next. Let's hope not. Well, well, well. It looks like it's time for 60. Do you talk TV? All right. It's been a minute since we have seen somebody that you could make an argument that is mostly known for Transformers the movie, as well as his other G1 appearances. But we also have a milestone here, 19 lists that this individual character fit into. But nobody had him ranked higher than 26. So four people in the 90s, three in the 80s, uh, about one, two, three, four, five in the 30s and a couple in the 20s. We're going with Rekgar at number 60. So Rekgar shows up on 19 lists. That's a record so far in the countdown. Mike, what do you think of Rekgar showing up right here? Offer expires while you wait. Operators are standing by. I am Rekgar. I dare to be stupid. Mike? Why do we? Why? Why do we get a dare to be stupid? I mean, are you speaking for yourself? No, I okay. said we, not me. Oh, uh, I don't know. I I like Rekgar. I love the fact that he talks TV. I love the fact that you know he's voiced by Eric Idle. And even though I was a little young, considering I'm probably the second oldest here, or maybe third, I don't know. Anyway, uh, having Eric Idle voice him, I thought was really really cool. And then much later down the line. 
again, reaching into animated, you had Steve's favorite artist of all time voice him, which was Weird Al. So that was cool. Uh, we also had Tony Pope for a minute. Who? Tony Pope. Season mm-hmm. three. Yep. I didn't mm-hmm. want him to go unnamed. I didn't want us to get yelled at. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've seen so much of season well, three at this point. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. Uh, DJ Valentine had him ranked the highest at 26, but it's interesting because we've had one other character, which would have been Trypticon today, which was the highest rank at 23. Otherwise, everybody's been in the top 20 that's been uh, mentioned so far. So, Rekar, highest rank 26. Kind of odd there. Nobody had him higher than that. Steve, um, where do you think about the placement of Rekar? I don't, I, again, I, I think this is an easy one where you can say, yes, he's deserving of top 100. The debate then just becomes, where does he fall? I think, yes, he does deserve top 100 but I don't necessarily think this high. Okay. Fair enough. A lot of people did have him in the 80s, 90s, and even one person that had him at 100, the rock, I think of Rekgar's placement. No, I, I I think, I don't remember where I placed him in my own list, to be quite honest with you. I think uh, I, I I like his character. You know, I, I was, I was dis- like, I've, I've kind of been disappointed that he hasn't gotten more showtime other than, like, his animated being, like, such a... Um, a cool thing to actually have Weird Al voice him. Um, but, you know, I, I like the whole talk TV thing. He's the one who deserves to talk TV, not Bumblebee. So, right, um, right. you know, I know them be fighting words for some people, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, but, the, yeah, like that's uh, like that's a, just a cool thing about the Junkions and him being the leader of the Junkions was a cool thing. I, I like his character. and um, I think... For me, he represents something that I thought the movie did very well. Now, granted, we didn't get a whole lot of time after the movie, you know, as far as extra seasons to really explore all this. But one thing I think the the animated movie did well was we've seen at that point before the movie came out, we'd seen you know hundreds of characters seemingly, and a lot of them were similar. You know what I mean? You know, the the seekers were similar. You know, a lot of the Autobot cars you could have kind of lumped in with a group, and there was a lot of kind of blending the same line, same type of character and then the movie comes around and really does goes out of its way to give us a little bit more uniqueness um in some of these characters that stand out whether it be a blur or a Rekgar or you know even wheelie i guess you could say in a way but they were definitely distinct characters whether you liked them or not they weren't something we had seen before up to that point so i think that's one thing that always resonated with with it, with Ratgar and a few of these other characters, were that at least they were memorable um, and they stood out of the crowd. And I am a TV fan, so I love all the TV nods. So I'm a fan. Um, I had him ranked actually 32nd. Um, he falls here at 60. So that uh, is all the way through 60. We have a few more to, uh, you know, almost 10 more to go today. So let's see where we go. Me, Grimlock, say it time for 59. All right, another one I'm going to need your guys' help with. I know nothing about this character, so I will just... I don't think that necessarily disqualifies me as a Transformers fan, guys. Like we talked about in the introductory episode here, there's so much Transformers out there. It's really hard to know all of it super well. Um, I know the character exists. I know his name. I don't know anything about him. We're talking about Skybite at number 59. Is this uh, this an argument for our first Robots in Disguise central character i think so wow yeah Yeah, pretty much yeah all right steve what do you think about skybite what are your demands what demands a lifetime supply of energy no total world domination come on 
Boy, what do you want to think? I would say out of the robots in disguise that he's most likely the most memorable character out of that show. Just out of his uh, sheer uh, craziness that uh, that that he is, um, and the fact that he's a shark. Uh, he also shows up in Cyberverse um, as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think his main claim to fame is that uh, he's one of Megatron's lackeys in Robots in Disguise in the 2001. Uh, continuity, uh, and he's in charge of the Predacon lackeys of Dark Scream, Gas Skunk, and Slapper. <laughs> and and he hates he hates the Decepticons, especially Scourge, who you know tries to take Megatron's command. And Megatron's a Predacon in that show, so it's yeah. So he's there's basically a, the Scorponok of the show. There's a great picture on the TF Wiki of his summary that just literally has him disguised as a car, but you can still see the shark mm-hmm. uh, head and tail. So that's fantastic. This is why I didn't watch our <laughs> ID. Anyway, uh, Mike, what do you think of this guy? Hilarious. He was so fun. He was just such a fun character. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think he kind of made that show in a lot of ways because yep. the show itself was very zany. Um, yeah. And he helped make you know like you you got like these autobots who are a little bit more on the serious side and you here you have this character who's just able to make you laugh and make you enjoy the show and uh sharknado of transformers yeah pretty much yeah like you got the ridiculousness of of a shark flying through the sky (laughs) it's just a hilarious thing to watch so it was so i think i think that that uh his character is well deserving of of uh you know of being on the list. I don't think much of the cyberverse character. Um, like I think that they were just like, yeah, let's bring Skybite back in. Yeah. Let's just do something cool with him. And, um, but not much that I can really think of that was memorable to me. The, the robots in disguise character is just like everyone remembers who, who has ever watched that show remembers that character. So, um, and you know, he's the darkest. So yeah, <laughs> guys, Skybite is a shark. <laughs> uh, for me, I think the most memorable outside of the 2001 Ridge cartoon, the most memorable scene from IDW was when, uh, he continually frequenting McAdams, which is the bar in the IDW universe. And he celebrated Wheeljack's return by Ian Waspinator singing a song together. This was crazy, but the best thing that I love the TF Wiki people, tfwiki.net, because they do such crazy things with their pictures. There's one picture on his page where it's him set against a, uh, a, a moon with a pink and purple background. No, not the final scene from Free Willy. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, on that note, let's see what comes next. And now it's time for number 58. All right, Mike, if I was to ask you what type of uh, Transformers we haven't had today yet, could you could you come up with one? Hmm. That we had in the first episode. We have not had any cassettes. That is true. Can you name another one? Mm. Target Masters. We haven't had any of those either. Another thing that we another another group that we haven't had today, guys. So far, really, has been the Autobot cars. Um, we haven't had any sure. really. Um, last episode, we had tracks. We had Red Alert. 
Those are the only and, two that showed up last episode as well. So not a very high represented group so far, but we're going to add we're going to add one to the ranks here. So 58 will be Sunstreaker. I'm transforming. I see my true beauty emerging. So 58 is Sunstreaker. Also on 19 list, just like Rutgar, that's the highest we've seen so far. Nobody, though, had Sunstreaker ranked higher than 30. So the fact that 19 people ranked him got him here, but the fact that nobody ranked him higher than 30 means that he didn't get any higher than 58, which is where he's at right now. TV's Mr. Neil had him the highest ranked. Um, so, so far, if we're just looking at you know tracks and then Red Alert and then Sunstreaker, what are your thoughts, Mike? Well, I'm sure Sunstreaker himself would say, boy, am I glad I'm ahead of all those people. Because uh, Sunstreaker is uh, very full of himself in Generation 1. Yeah. Um, there, I've noticed, as I've gone through the series again recently, that uh, there are a lot of full-of-themselves characters in the Generation 1 cartoon, starting with Sunstreaker and not necessarily ending with Power Glide. Um <laughs> But out of the, the the Autobot brothers between him and Sideswipe, I always like Sideswipe more. Uh, Sunstreaker, yeah. he's okay. I I don't like his head design in the cartoon. It, it's kind of like a giant yellow Batman looking at me. It's just creepy. It's like if you reverse the Bat logo and the, the yellow is the face kind of thing. I don't know. So also a Revenge of the Fallen character. Uh <laughs> I should stop with that. This is the first time, though, that I think I've gotten it right. I had Sunstreaker ranked 58th on my list, and that's where he fell today. So um, I agree with you, though. I always like Sideswipe a little bit better. Um, I'm shocked that we've only seen the limited number of cars so far. I don't know if that means a lot more of them are still to come or if just not a lot of them made the countdown. Steve, what do you think of Sunstreaker showing up here at 58? I don't have a problem with it, but I I prefer uh, Sideswipe. All right. Seems to be unanimous. Rodimus, agree or not? I agree that, that that sideswipe you know ranks higher, um, but I love I love Sunstreaker's ego. Um, <laughs> he also deserves the credit for uh, being the first transforming car, uh, you know, transformer that made it over right. into the Transformers from the Diaclone toy line. Uh, so you know he was the you know number one toy, like the like I think it was in the first in the line. I think the second one was Ironhide and uh, Trailbreaker. I think with the three. Um, that they even even made it over to America before they were even Transformers, um, but that was the red one because it was supposed to be Sideswipe and Sunstreaker. Like they actually were their their bios are switched. Right. Um, but the I love the characters like like that 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 him and Trax are like very full of themselves, and uh, that they they see them like like Sunstreaker specifically. He's got like the biggest ego on the planet. He and, does. Uh, yeah, I love that. Like, just I'll blast a few big D's for you, and you'll see what a difference a pro makes. You know, like <laughs> just that, that ego. Um, oh, oh, you scratched my paint. What am I going to do now? I don't know. Go get it buffed out, you idiot. <laughs> or, uh, you know, doing the jet judo was, uh, was always that's, cool. Yeah, that's my favorite is jet judo. All right, so Sunstreaker at 58. We'll see who comes in next. <laughs> Bro, let's go. Okay, big nerds, let's see how tough you are. Hey, check out this move. The one thing you show us are forgetting is me. (laughs) 
Hey, I get the feeling our jet judo needs a little more work. Oh? What makes you say that? Let's hear it for 57. So who thought that once we got to the 57th spot in the countdown that we would have just as many Autobot cars as we do Dinobots? Swoop coming in at number 57. Dinobots taking over the countdown as highly ranked as number 12. Uh, 12 is how you say that? And as lowly ranked as number 99. Mike, you were the one that said you were a big Swoop fan, so how do you feel so far about all the Dinobot representation? Outside of Grimlock, if Sludge shows up, I'm going to be really, really pissed. Um, Dang, just trashing on my favorite guy. Really? Sludge is your favorite guy? The Dinobots, yeah. Why? We don't have time to get into that. I, no, I told you it was my only toy that I had. Oh well, okay, well, but still, like <laughs> there's Sludge, nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, it I may be nostalgia. him more than the other ones. <laughs> I never had a swoop. I didn't have a swoop either, and when I eventually got one, I got really mad about it because, <laughs> well, <laughs> because the toy is red. It's Steve always says this: if it's not show accurate, I don't mm-hmm. want it. Okay. And the toy was, if I remember I'm remembering this right, it was red, but the character on the show was blue. And yep. I'm like, eh, grind <laughs> me in the gears over here. But a young but angry love- Mike. You have no idea. We've only known the old angry Mike, so that's an interesting. Oh no, it, it, painting. it's essentially the same thing, except I, I'm younger, skinnier, and can move faster. And anyway. Louder. <laughs> no, I can be no, no. Old man Mike is way louder than young man Mike. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Quiet, you. So the thing about Swoop and what I personally, outside of Sideswipe, it is the single-handedly best Michael Bell voiced character in the entire cartoon series. You read my mind. I was just going to say we found a way to get I, Michael Bell in here. So I love that Michael Bell did the Swoop thing, and out of all of the Dinobots talking half-ass backwards like they do. His voice as Swoop is the one that I can understand the most. And I love that they tried to, like, once we got, I think it's, is it in, yeah, season two. Like, it wasn't just always Spike and Bumblebee. Everybody always assumes when when they think of G1, it's like, oh, it's Spike and Bumblebee on every adventure. Huh. You had uh, Swoop, uh, Swoop, Spike, and Carly on an adventure to Cybertron, I believe. Yeah, I Desertion be of the Dinobots. That's, that's right, Desertion of the Dinobots. Uh, you know, and you and you had him with other characters, and you had, like that whole arc of him interacting with them. I absolutely love that. I wish he was used more, uh, and I would not just in G one, but overall, I wish he was used more. Uh, and yeah, fifty seven. I wish he was higher, but I'm glad he's just under the top 50 mark. So speaking of where he falls, Steve, uh, two people had him in the teens, two in the 20s, three in the 30s, three in the 40s, two in the 50s, two, three in the 60s, two in the 90s. So that's all over the map. So we have him at 57. What's your feeling about the placement? I, I definitely like Swoop showing up about here. I I had him at 48, and... Mm-hmm. 
to be honest, I he's one of my favorite Autobots, just to, uh, of the the Dinobots uh, next to Grimlock, just because he flies and because he's kind of got that little bit more personality uh, than some of the other ones. And and honestly, uh, a lot of my exposure not only with the G one cartoon was with um, the uh, Fall of Cybertron game. Yep. All right, fair enough, Rodimus. What are your thoughts on the Dinobot presence so far? Um, like the Dinobot presence, I mean, I rank Grimlock uh, obviously higher uh, than 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 any of them really. But mm-hmm. um, the uh, but but Swoop specifically uh, does rank up there as far as Dinobots is concerned. Um, he yeah he had a lot of presence in the G one cartoon where he was Diaclone colored because um, he that they didn't change his Diaclone colors from blue to red that's the reason why um his g1 red toy uh was what they used in the comic books and they had a story with him where his name was originally dive bomb and the predacon mm. stole it from him in the uk stories so if you've never read that that was something mm. that was kind of cool uh, to know about him is that uh swoop you know like felt you know, felt bad about it and grimlock's like you think i didn't know about that like you know, like trying to tell him you're still part of the team, dude. Like that was like one of the cool uh, story elements out of Swoop in the uh, in the UK comics. Um, but I like the fact that he was the one that explored deep Cybertron and Cybertron's past in the G1 cartoon. And I mean, save Spike in Dinobot Island Part Two, and um, and like you said, Michael Bell's voice um, just worked so well for that character. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so there is Swoop. I guess I'm the the Dinobot hater of the group um, because I didn't have Swoop, Snarl, or Slag on my top one. I didn't have. I only voted for one Dinobot. Um, so I just we'll looked see. at my list, and apparently I forgot about Grimlock. Oh Lord! <laughs> um, <laughs> you forget? The, well, that's Mike we're talking to. All right, let's see where we go next. It's time for fifty six. This one has no honor. How about something we haven't seen yet on the countdown, and that is a character made by the fans. Our second female character of the day. We're talking about Windblade. Windblade. Now I was sent by Primus. Yeah, that Primus. On a mission of my own more than a thousand years ago. Primus believed a terrible evil would someday focus on Earth and threaten all life in this galaxy. He upgraded my tracking systems and put me in stasis. Ordering me to protect this world at all costs. She's more windbag than windblade, am I right? She's awesome. When I awoke on the other side of this planet a month ago, I knew the evil Primus spoke of must be closing in. I've hunted down every con I've sensed since then. And when Big Bad Whatever It Is finally arrives, I'm going to hunt it down too. That sounds a lot like the mission Optimus Prime gave to me. Sounds like a team-up situation. It's not about the blade. It's about the bot who wields it. Had an average ranking of 38, as highly ranked as number 8 by Moonbase 2. We had 1, 2, 3, 4 people that had this character in the top 15. Um, so that's why she finds herself all the way up here at 56. Mike, what's your experience with Windblade? Windblade is awesome. W I N D, Steve. It's not Wingblade, it's Windblade. Don't care, don't like her. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't even read the comics, so you wouldn't know. I've watched uh, her in all the TV media, so. Yeah, but that's not the same as reading the comics. Yeah, I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> so, Windblade is is awesome. She is a city speaker. I think that is a very, very cool character to have where you have another Autobot or even maybe a Decepticon that converses with the cities that helps them do their thing. And what Marigrid Scott and other writers have done with her in the comics for IDW has been really, really fun, as apparently the Constructicons are outside my window. <laughs> I thought that was the Stunticons, but... Okay, that too. <laughs> Rodimus, any exposure with Windblade, or how do you feel? Um, I mean, I like the character. Um, I, I wish she had, like, IDW is the only place that she's really had, like, a lot right. of good showing for her character and she hasn't been much in like animated media so like i mean yeah she's kind of a guest spot in rid 2015 and yeah she had her i did not like her um portrayal in the prime wars trilogy at all um just because like it, it literally like went from murder blade to um like just this little jokey like sidekick character and i'm like I don't like her. Um, I think that's like, what soured I, it for me. I, I wanted to like more of the character, but they have not given us a an well, animated representation well, that she, I think that, that fits her. Yeah, like she from was, what people say about her in the IDW. Yeah, she was in Cyberverse and the 2015 RID. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. Cyberverse. That those you know, those were the only two I actually liked her in in Prime yeah, Wars. I could not I, stand her yeah. character. You know it's weird. Like she, it, she or she shows up in in Cyberverse, and she's a mainstay character. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. isn't that weird? Like, I, isn't that weird that she's a character that you can, can completely forget she even existed, and yet she was a major character in Cyberverse. I'm impressed with the the amount of uh, comic knowledge that the participants have had in this countdown. It seems like the comics have been pretty well represented as far as and characters I basically really shine had there. to twist your arm to get you to put them on the spreadsheet. No, so I was anyway. put them on. You're, the twisting of the arm part is that it, it, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more characters in the comic. It's right. Hard to list them but, all. But I specifically meant the IDW version. The thing about yeah. Windblade. And you guys don't have to read all of the IDW comics to get her character. You can read specifically her comics. They are written so well. They are great stories. Just because she was a fan-voted character doesn't mean that the creators that are working on her or using her in stories are going to just make her this token robot kind of thing. I briefly glanced at our website to see how many comic episodes we actually did for her. And I think the total was nine inside the pull bag over three or four or five years. Um, I highly recommend like, like I said, you don't have to, you, you can start at her first issue of the original four issue miniseries and read through there. I can give you the whole list later after the episode, but it's one of those things where she definitely deserves to be here. I don't necessarily think she deserves to be higher, okay. but she doesn't necessarily need, like, I can't see voting her uh, between, I don't know, 
like drift and and silverbolt kind of thing. Uh, so where she is, I think fits. And I think if you got, you know, how, and this is how I am sometimes. I want a new, interesting type of story, and sometimes that takes me to be introduced to a new character. And it was really fun. It was really good. The whole fact that she is a city speaker and she has to figure out the mystery of Metroplex uh, was really cool. So I highly recommend at least checking her out, regardless of how she was portrayed in any animation. All right. So we've already had, for combiners, Superion and Bruticus. Which one is coming in next? Wasp Nature Love Fellow Predacons at 55. All right, so our third combiner coming in next. Like I said, we already had Superion and Bruticus. I don't know what this means for the future of combiners in this countdown, but coming in here at 55 is Predaking. You don't suffer from overconfidence or anything. He does, but he will suffer more at the hands of so we have Predaking coming in at 55, mostly known for his G1 appearance, but also obviously had a presence in Prime um, as well that could have got uh, some extra votes maybe. Um, as highly ranked as 19, lowly ranked as 85th on 18 lists. So a lot of people had Predaking on their list. Steve, what do you think? Well, I I do like the, the robot in question. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't have a problem with it, honestly. I think for G1 fans, like we had the original combiners, you know, like the four or five that we got through the, you know, the first half of the the television series. And, you know, we like, we loved that, you know, those guys, whether it be Superion, Menace or Bruticus, Devastator, you know, you had those guys. And then you had all these other ones that came out later. And I feel like Predaking was the one that kind of rose to the top of that group. Yeah. Um, the most known for the la- latter half of the G1 series. So, and it was a cool visual um, design for the character. Like, it was pretty badass. Um, well, I think you could and, agree on that. And and he also, I if I could be wrong, uh, but I, I believe the character uh, lives on for quite some time. I know they reused the name in in Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was not a combiner, but res- a resurrected fossil, more or less, um, by Shockwave. But I believe that Predaking lives through uh, G1, through Headmasters, Master Force, and Zone. Yeah, so we'll be getting more in touch with that character as it kind of goes through all the you know the manga forms of that. that he's epic. Right. Um, but yeah, I think Predator King, as far as combiners go, if I was to have to name like the five or the six or however many are going to show up in this countdown, he would definitely be in the discussion. Rodimus, what do you think? He's got a badass design. I love yeah. his the, the combined form personally. Um, I think personally, I think that where he ranks on the list probably got a lot more votes from people who are fans of Transformers Prime personally, because yeah. uh, they probably just think that that is the only version of Predaking and there shouldn't be a combiner Predaking. I'm not even kidding you. I've seen these kind of comments. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Like, and I'm That's like, dumb. no, no, I'm like, <laughs> no, it is awesome. You have a team of vicious, right? Like animal septicons that will rip you to shreds and they combine and they will like tear you limb from limb. I think the only right. Decepticon, I think I, I rank Lyle Kaiser higher as a combiner, but and Predaking is badass. 
if you look on the main picture at the very top of his Transformers wiki for the Predaking G1, you can just see him laying waste to other combiners because of his yeah, massive size and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So, I, I will say Defensor and Superion and every other Autobot well, and he, he kicked Megatron's butt in the comics. Yeah. On more than one occasion. I will say my one yeah. My one gripe about Predaking is I'm not a big fan of the toy. Um out of all the combiners that I have and I have all combiners except for one or two, um he is my least favorite of the toys. Um I don't know. Like they're just big and clunky compared to the other ones and I'm not a huge fan of the toy, but uh, I, I do think he's very deserving of being here. Mike? No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean he, he definitely deserves to be here and that art from Dreamwave from Guido Guidi is is amazing because he is literally laying waste to every other Autobot combiner. All mm. right. Uh, Mike, you'll be happy with our next one. We're going back into the world of anime. Yeah. It's time for 54. All right. Next up is another animated-centric character. Mike, we'll let you go first. What do you feel about number 54 being Bulkhead? After a long road trip, it feels good to get out of the car, stretch my legs, and kick some tailpipe. You are headed for the equator. I'll prep for tropical weather, record style. Who's ready to rumble? Hmm. Hmm. Technically... Technically, it's the same character in both Prime and Animated. I prefer him in Prime, though. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, animated the Prime version then. <laughs> animated Bulkhead was okay. He was a little bit too dim-witted until oh, mysteriously, he's a space bridge technologist. Yay! Great. To be um, fair, I like him better in Prime too. But I, it's just. I like Bill Fagerbaki. I, I like him. I've liked him in various things over the years. I like the voice that he did for Bulkhead, even though it's just his voice. But honestly, you follow that up with the man, <laughs> the legend, Kevin Michael Richardson as Bulkhead. Uh, and they made him a part of the Wreckers. That is awesome. I thought that was super cool in Prime. Uh, you know... Uh, yeah, it's just super fun, super interesting, and because I am constantly gaining weight kind of thing, it's like, oh, I kind of feel like a fatter version of him. So I'm like, at least I get to sort of be awesome because of his voice. Uh, no, I, I love Bulkhead in Prime. I think he's a great character. I think, uh, he, say what you will about humans and Transformers and all that, but he and Miko, they were simpatico. I, I loved that whole thing in Prime. It also shows up in the 2015 Robots in Disguise version as basically the same character as Prime um, in that continuity. Steve, what do you think of Bulkhead showing up here? I can I can see him showing up. Uh, he he kind of played a big part between those two different series and kind of became more or less like the combination of like Hound and, and Ironhide and, and some yeah. others. It, it kind of taking that role on uh, between those two different continuities. And uh, while I don't honestly care for the one in um animated i i prefer the one in prime out of the two but yeah i mean i i don't i don't see a problem with him being on the list all right rodimus what do you think of another kind of post g1 character coming in here it's uh, it's kind of hard to pick which one 
I like yeah. more uh, the animated or the prime one. Um, I think the prime one edges it out. The only thing that I have an issue with with the character is like like I like was stated before was that he's basically like a cross between Hound and Ironhide, and it almost confuses a lot of people about how Ironhide and Hound are supposed to behave mm. as a character. Mm. Um, and it's like no, Bulkhead is his own character, and I like I like the fact that they've given him like the whole Wrecker backstory. I like that about him, you know, being yeah. a Wrecker. Um, but I also kind of like him being a, a space bridge technician. So I kind of like think that there needs needs to be a little like a balance between them you know yeah. between the two versions um and I, I i've dug the character i thought it was kind of a cool cool idea to have a, a have a new character i just it's like but it, it in a weird way it makes me miss Ironhide and and hound um you know wanting to see those two characters you know kind of get their their spotlight again uh as much as i like bulkhead and the thing about bulkhead in prime and <laughs> Again, it goes to Kevin Michael Richardson because he is this big hulking bot who basically is fearless with almost anything until you put a scraplet in front of him and he screams like a girl. Every time I see that scene with Kevin Michael Richardson letting out this huge girl scream, I was like, oh, that just makes me love the character even more. Did you just scream like a little girl? No. Maybe. Fair enough. All right, there's only three room for three more characters on this side of the top 50 mark. So these three characters just miss being in our top 50. We'll see the first of those coming up next. Well, well, well. Let's have it for 53. So last episode, we got to see some cassettes. We got to see Frenzy. We got to see Ratbat. We talked about how many cassettes we would see, if they would all be Decepticons or any Autobots. Well, this isn't a cassette, but how about uh, something somewhat related to cassettes? And we're talking about Blaster here for number 53, 18 lists. 990 points is how much we're up to. That doesn't mean a lot for a lot of people, but that takes a lot of votes to get to 990 points. As highly ranked as number three by Casey Collar. Um, two people had him in the top 10, but also a lot of people had him in that middle mark, uh, 40, 41, 41, 47, 52, 53. A lot of people had him ranked in that group. So Blaster coming in at 53. Steve, what do you think? Say no more. Request lines are open. And now a nice and nifty musical selection for easy listening. (laughs) Hold on to your dancing shoes and go, man, go. Uh, Blaster, Blaster and Soundwave to me were always one of those fun groups of of bots because they they were cassetticons. They they held the cassettes that they could do battle, and I I always remember him the most from the movie, even though it was a short stint, just because he's he's kind of he kind of reminds me of Jazz in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, but he's got reinforcements, and then he just kind of enjoys the music. Uh, it, you know, even that that time where you know he he uh, annoys the Autobots with it, but. <laughs> but no, I, I love the design. I love the colors. Uh, the 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 characterization. Uh, he played a little bit of a part in the the G one Marvel comics as well. Uh, throughout that, and uh, the the revival of of Cybertron, more or less, uh, trying to 
unite with the Decepticons against Unicron and, and all of their foes. But no, I, I, I definitely think Blaster needs to be on this list. And I, I realize Soundwave is probably going to be on the top 25 somewhere just because uh, of who he is. But he, he lived a pretty long life in the, the G1 continuity through Headmasters. Mike, your thoughts on Blaster? So, let me tell you a story. Okay. I had Blaster in all his cassettes. My buddy, this was like 80, well, 80, it would have to be 85, 86. Basically, by the time I started kindergarten and was in first grade, I had Blaster in all of his cassettes. And my buddy Jonathan at the time, not JT from Saskatoon, uh, my buddy Jonathan Bond at the time had Soundwave in all of his cassettes. Now, I freely let my friend, who was my best friend at the time, play with my Transformer. He would not let me touch Soundwave for anything in the world. Our man. I, uh, <laughs> um, but I love Blaster more because I never actually had a Soundwave until way later in life. Blaster was my cassette, was my tape deck. Uh, and his cassettes were always so cool. I love Ramhorn, Steeljaw, Rewind, Eject. And again, going back to IDW, giving Rewind this whole other other life in there. Um, Blaster has some things to do in IDW, but obviously he excels in the G1 series and in the movie. I still don't understand how Ironhide, how dumb is Ironhide in the Generation 1 cartoon series? There is an episode where it shows both Blaster in sound and Soundwave in the back of Ironhide. How the hell did Soundwave get in the back of a damn Autobot without... I mean, I know Ironhide's a dipstick, but he's not a dipstick tape deck. I don't know. It's just, it's oh, just so weird. But I, I, I love... <laughs> Let him spoil our fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love, I love Blaster. I wish he was a little higher. I had him I, six. I had him in my top what? ten. I had him at number six. What? I had him at number six. <laughs> I know. I'm trying Three. to rationalize that. Yeah. Two okay. People... So, so again, for those that don't know, as we've already said in the other episodes, Kevin's rankings of how he wants us to rank this is number one hundred gets one point. Number one gets a hundred points. And I You're put just my to give Blaster some points personal <laughs> no, not just okay. no. It, he was I'm the only tape deck that. toy that I had, and yeah. I did put Soundwave ahead of him. Okay, but it, it, it is one of those things where I just feel like sometimes, sometimes, some people, some just general audience people, will just not even notice him because he is a tape deck of the '80s, and that's what they used back then. I was the opposite of you. I had none. I had none of Blaster's cassettes, nor did I have Blaster, um, one of the rare G one figures I didn't have. But I had all of Soundwave and all cassettes, and even the later cassettes. So I was much more in that camp. But uh, <laughs> I, I obviously agree that Blaster should be on the list. Fifty three. I have no problem with it. Um, I can see right around this halfway part being a good spot for him. Rodimus, last thoughts on Blaster? What do you think about his placement? Yeah, I think his placement is is fine because, again, there are so many other characters that are going to get ranked a lot higher just based upon, like, all of their different, uh, you know, histories and stuff like that. But Blaster does deserve a higher ranking than some a lot of these other characters um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, he had his G1 Season 2 appearances with the music and obviously, like, 
getting along with uh, with jazz, with the music, and Cosmo, it kept Cosmos company while it was in <laughs> space. And then you had the uh, riding around with uh, with tracks and and saving Raul in in, in Manhattan, <laughs> which was, I'm still trying to figure out whether or not they were traveling to the Bronx or they were they were traveling to Brooklyn uh, based <laughs> upon the train. Um, yeah, I'm a New Yorker, so. Um, <laughs> And uh, then, you know, on top of that, like you had the season three where he had his cassettes and the movie and all that kind of fun stuff. But then, of course, he got rebuilt into twin cast and, uh, you know, during the Headmasters anime. But then there's the big storyline that happened that you guys probably didn't mention was the Marvel comics. Like the Marvel comics, he was friends with um, what was the name of that? Uh, the, the, the guy who turned into a wheel. Um, and you know, he, they had, had to try to save him from the smelting pool, but Scrounge. he still got killed anyway. Scrounge, that's it. I don't know why the name escaped me. It's probably because it's past midnight. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um, you know, then he had the, the, the stint where he was basically facing off against Grimlock for leadership of the Autobots because at that point Optimus Prime was dead and, um, they were, they were trying to, you know, fight for leadership and that caused, pretty much all of the Decepticons to get freed from the Ark, you know, while they battled on the moon. And then, you know, he had a, a, a lot of storyline like that happened after he spit out what rain dance and, and, uh, and grand slam, you know, mm-hmm. Adam's because they, they didn't do the whole cassette thing in the chest in the comic books, but that was, that's just the Marvel comics, uh, blaster, right. which is probably why Casey collar, uh, ranks him so high. Cause I know he's a big, you know, Marvel, uh, blaster fan. So, um, but that's the, you know, I, I loved, I loved, uh, Buster Jones voice yeah. blaster. So, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, ranking him anywhere in the top 100, but definitely above a lot of the other characters too. So, um, you know, kind of works for him. Yeah. Buster well, Jones may the man rest in peace, but I don't know. I know he was a voice actor. I don't know if he was ever in radio, but he was okay. Good. Then this is going to play in nicely. You have three radio DJs as voice actors on G1. You got Casey Kasem, you got Neil Ross, and you got Buster Jones. And perfect voice for Blaster, especially in Carnage and C Minor. Best episode ever. <laughs> Broadside, Blaster, Delta Drive, and Soundwave went to find the weapon that knocked us out of space. Weapon? That was no weapon. That was. Harmonic bliss, a musical kiss. Whatever. The inhabitants of this world are going to need our help battling the Decepticons. All right, only two spots left. Let's see who they go to. (laughs) It's time for 52. Yes. All right, so we had one city bot. Let's go to our second. Trypticon was down at number 68. 52, though, goes to Metroplex. Also, our first character to receive over a 1,000 points. Also, our first character to appear on 20 lists, as highly ranked as 8th by Benson Yee, um, all the way down to 98th, so all over the place. But 20 different people had him ranked. Metroplex was the city bot that I owned as a child, and it was always my favorite. And then I also have the Cybertron version of his toy, and that thing is gigantic. <laughs> yes, it uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> so in his, his the weapon that he holds is as big as he is so um it's quite the the toy from the cybertron line but uh, a big fan of metroplex so happy that he's here um we'll start with the guest this time rodimus what do you think of metroplex just missing the top 50 this uh planet's not big enough for the two you know for the both of us was uh <laughs> is his line there um i i loved the original g1 metroplex toy 
Um, yes. Like I have, I had, I still have my, my original Metroplex mm-hmm. and Trypticon from, from my childhood and, and, uh, like loved having those big giant, I guess I got, I'm a Godzilla guy. So like it's having the big giant city, city battles, uh, all over the place. And, uh, <laughs> um, I love the fact that the, the, the aerial bots can connect to him, you know, on, on the toy right. itself. So like the, the toy itself was like, was what I probably loved most about the character, but also because it was like, it was Autobot headquarters for season three. Um, you know, and, uh, so I like the idea of having like a base set up, you know, uh, you know, for playing for that reason. Um, but he had so many cool yeah. spots for guns and for different things you could attach yeah, to him. Like, and some were so attached, like, some weren't. So it was a fun toy. Right. And it's, that's what made, you saw in the cartoon and any other media that has had him stand out so much. His problem is not really a character, right? It's just, he's just a transforming base that can fight. Um, right. and but so there isn't much like, to him. Decepticon intruder in my brain. Let's go. Decepticon intruder removes my eyes. The giant awakes. He almost fits like what we were talking about, though, with a couple of those like Beachcomber, et cetera. Like, we wanted more. Like, as as kids, you wanted more of Metroplex. You wanted there to be more of the character. You wanted to see more about him. So I think that that works with him as well. Yeah. And another thing I'll mention, guys, is not to not to push it, but if you read the Windblade comics, she is the one that deals with Met- He does get a lot of good scenes in IDW. Now, the guest doesn't know this, but you guys, you, you two guys do. Two years ago, I had to have brain surgery, and all I keep thinking right now is, Decepticons in my brain! <laughs> I think that was true before that, though, too. Um, Steve, uh, I was talking about Metroplex, not I me. Know. Steve, what do you think about Metroplex showing up right here? I, I have to agree that while he's really awesome, I, I love the, the design and the fact he's a giant fortress, and... Um, uh, able to do so much uh, throughout the show is not much of a character. There's not much to go on. Right. So, but not for lack of trying or, or lack of wanting to know more. Um, and again, Fall of Cybertron, he's another one of those fun ones that you get to bark orders to as Prime. <laughs> uh, Mike, last thought on Metroplex before we reveal the final character today. I think he is perfectly placed. I wish we had more fights with him and Trypticon. All right, fair enough. Only one spot left. Let's see who it goes to. Should we try and attack the Headmasters? Or should we count down 51? Ranked number 51 here, missing the top 50 by that much. One spot. Also, a couple records here. 21 lists, so that's the most we've seen. Um, 1,038 points. Uh, it's highly ranked as number 6 by Solartron. We had two people have him in the top 10. A bunch of people had him in the 30s. About five people had him in the 30s, three in the 40s, two in the 50s, and like five in the 60s. So everybody mainly had him between 30 and 68. Um, we are talking about the Decepticon named Scourge. So, Scourge at number 51. Mike, what do you think? The 
What happened to it? Hmm, power surge damage. An infusion of fresh energon may help. The Autobots took the key. So, you let the Autobots beat you? I let nobody beat me. It was the energy from that blasted chamber. It overloaded me, then hit their ship. That plasma energy's lethal. It nearly killed me. You will follow them, you will get the key, and you will destroy them! That suits me fine. Uh, he's just going to get swept under the rug. <laughs> that I'm done. Yeah, no, I, I think... Well, here's hoping Cy- Cyclonus hasn't been revealed yet, right? Correct. Okay, good. Uh, again, I've been watching a lot of season three and, and things like that, and, and all I can think of is poor, poor Scourge. Because they make, as much as I love and I respect and I miss the late, great David Wise, Scourge was was written as a dumbass in Rebirth. Because Cyclonus even says, You just love to waste your time, don't you, Scourge? What's that supposed to mean? Well, isn't it obvious? If any of these losers had the key, the other Autobots would be all over us by now. He did get one of the coolest uh, episodes, though, because he did decide to pull a pterosaur, even though he did it first. And he did try to use the Autobot Matrix of Leadership in one of the greatest Rodimus episodes ever, The Burden Hardest to Bear. Yeah. You had to find a way to get that in there. Erotimus, what do you think of Scourge being the last to not make the top 50? Well, um, I was going to say it was also depending upon which version of Scourge you were on it wanted to mention because uh, the version of Scourge that some people might have mentioned would have been the Robots in Disguise, which is basically Nemesis Prime. Right. Um, and uh, But as far as the G1 character is concerned, what I loved about Scourge in particular, that if you don't know this kind of thinking going into his psyche he is a unicron warped version of thundercracker Mm -hmm. doesn't fully believe in the decepticon cause yet is a you know is completely evil and twisted um in a sense so that him actually having those moments where (laughs) you know wants to take the matrix for himself wants to uh you know ends up helping starscream even though he doesn't want to um you know we're kind of cool moments for the character plus he's the leader of the sweeps which are just basically foot soldiers so he has his own troop whereas cyclonus they dropped that whole cloning idea and uh you know made it just one character and yet scourge is the one who has uh all the clones you know, to follow him like on a whole little uh, sweep army. And he's got a cool tracker ability. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's able to to see in you know far distances, whereas other Transformers can't. So like he's he's able to kind of like that's why he's called a, a the Huntsman. So um, it was kind of a cool concept, and he's got bad fingernails. <laughs> in the yeah. Cartoon, right? <laughs> yeah, he is also the dragon leader in Cybertron uh, Jungle Planet. Version, yeah, yeah, and uh, he was a Predacon Locust in Beast Wars. If you want to consider that version, and apparently he's going to show up in Rise of the Beasts as well. Um, I think that version. I think the version that they're going to cross between is they're going to cross the Nemesis Prime mm-hmm. with with G One. Gotcha. Okay. They're going to give. They're going to give us a little bit of both because he's a, he's the leader of the Terracons. Right. So he's going to be a leader of a Unicronian faction. I think. I I personally think that the Terracons are Unicronians, uh, Transformers. Um, whereas like like their own like sub faction in that respect. Right. And he is like a, a cross between the G one character and the Nemesis Prime that we saw in Robots in Disguise two thousand one or Car Robots Black Convoy. So right. It'd be interesting. Steve, you're yeah. the only one that hasn't had a chance to talk about Scourge. What do you think? Energy from that blasted chamber nearly killed me. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I love Scourge, but that's uh, because one, he is Thundercracker. Two, uh, because I that was one of the first fan dub voices I was playing uh, <laughs> was was Scourge way back when uh, for the for the Headmasters dub, and so uh, getting to learn to replicate that voice was was awesome, and then. Uh, I just I love the character and his interactions. One when he steals the Matrix, uh, <laughs> and turns into this weird um, monster. Weird, yes, uh, g- yeah, into a freak of nature. And then the fact that he gets stuck with Starscream for an episode. <laughs> Very true. All right, I'm going to go ahead and rattle off the 25 we listed today quickly, but also giving you guys time to wrap up your thoughts on what we saw today. So starting with 75 going all the way up to 51, we had Snarl, Lockdown, Beachcomber, Rung, Bombshell, Alita 1, Drift, Triptychon, Bludgeon, Alpha Trion, Chrome Dome, Swindle, Rampage, Tarantulas, Silverbolt, Retgar, Skybite, Sunstreaker, Swoop, Windblade, Predaking, Bulkhead, Blaster, Metroplex, and Scourge. We had Animated Prime represented with Bulkhead. We had the fan-made Windblade. We had R.I.D. represented with Skybite, the trio of Beast Wars figures, um, as well as a bunch of IDW um, representation and animated representation with things like Lockdown and Swindle. Um, Rodimus, what did you think of this set of 25 characters? Um, for the most part, most of the characters I, I, I dig, I like them. So right. yeah, um, I think that they, a lot of, most of them are deserving on the list and, uh, you know, some of them I might have, might've ranked a little higher and some a little lower, right. But, you know, that's kind of one of the things where you're, you know, coming up with compiling a list and it's kind of right. hard, especially cause the, the final 50 are going to be, you know, the tough ones where everyone's going to go, ah, oh, it should have been higher. should have been lower. Right, you know? right, right. So. But hopefully we've reached the point where you at least are happy that they're on the top 100 as far as you know the argument can't be made that they hopefully don't ex- don't deserve to be on here regardless of where you think they may or may not fit um and where they should or should not rank hopefully we're getting to the point where at least you're 
they're all top 100 worthy. Um, Steve, what do you think? What's the biggest surprises, disappointments, happiness that you've experienced today, or just mainly just mad that the three Beast Wars characters <laughs> showed up? <laughs> well, I, I'm happy the Beast Wars characters showed up in the top 100. I'm right. not happy with where they landed, but, you know, at least they're on the list, which right. could be a testament to the fact that I voted them so high. <laughs> But uh, I don't. I don't know. I think most of them deserve to be on this list, and there was a few that maybe weren't necessarily uh, ones that most people would be familiar with. But at the same time, I, I, I think that you know, what no matter where they placed, they deserve to be on the list. Um, but some of the ones, I I just felt that they should have been a little bit higher. Mike, we got our first couple of city bots or bases with Trypticon and Metroplex. Uh, we have no cassettes today. We only had one Autobot car in Sunstreaker, only one mini vehicle in Beachcomber, um, two Dinobots. Uh, what do you think of, of what we're seeing? Human germ! Uh, the, the bottom 25 are going to be interesting. And the reason why I say that is because 50 to 26... Once again, it's the middle part of the countdown before you get into the nitty-gritty of, oh my god, if this character isn't number one, I'm going to riot, uh, kind of thing. Uh, let me tell you, though, if there, if there is one character on here that I just feel that <sighs> I'm surprised he isn't here yet, and it kind of scares me, because if anybody ranked Wheelie number one, oh lord... I, I, I'm really surprised he didn't show up. Maybe, you know, when we talk off air, Optimus will tell me, yeah, it's okay. He's at like number 125 or something. Because as we mentioned in the, in the, the opener to this, and I think we mentioned it last episode, you've done all kinds of like things beyond the top 100 that we're actually going to be revealing kind of thing. But uh, no, I think it's, it's an interesting list. I think certain characters need to be higher than other characters, but um, that, that, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Tarantulas, but Tarantulas and Silverbolt at 62 and 61 respectively, man, they deserve to be way higher. Yeah, I think my biggest shock going into this point so far is the lack of the cars. Uh, I, I know I keep harping on that, but only seeing you know three of them so far. Only seeing one seeker. Higher. Yeah, apparently we, and we only had one seeker so far. Um, only a few of the mini vehicles, you know, stuff like that is interesting. We've had, you know, two Insecticons and, and three Dinobots. So the, apparently some fans of that. Um, but yeah, it, I'd be interested to see kind of, uh, if I didn't know what was, was coming up, uh, how this all plays out. So, uh, I'll, I'll keep that wheelie, uh, placement a secret for now. I'm not <laughs> telling you where or when he falls or if he has already fallen or what, but, uh, I, I do see this is the, usually the time when people start getting nervous about some of their own personal favorites on if they're going to make the list at all or not. So you guys will have to wait and tune in to the next time to see numbers 50 through 26, Mike. <laughs> Here comes poison! <laughs> Absolutely they will. And hopefully people are tuning in. Hopefully we are being engaging and interesting and all that other good stuff. So thank you for joining us here on the Top 100 Transformers Characters Countdown. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on this and all of our other episode podcast content. Send any email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts, leave us reviews, please. Spotify and any other podcatcher you choose to use. 
Follow us on Twitter. You can follow at Geekcast Radio, all things TFV3. I am at TFG and Mike. Steve, what is your Twitter? At SCP21. Kev? At Optimus Solo. Rodimus? At Rodimus Pimel. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also check out Rodimus Primal over there on Facebook as well. Get your audio receptors ready, because in part four of this podcast series, we start the countdown, or we continue the countdown, I should say, with numbers 50 to 26. For now, I'm TFG and Mike with... Optimus Solo. Rodimus Primal. Megatron. And we are going to close out with a quote from Rat Trap from Beast Machines, because I just love him saying this. You got noisemakers? I want noisemakers. makers.